This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello everyone, Mike Hal here. It has recently come to our attention that two episodes of the show from 2011 have disappeared from the timeline. For the completionists out there who need these, I will don the Infinity Gauntlet and, like a reverse Thanos, with a snap of the fingers, will them back into existence. Here are episodes 36, Penguins, and 49, Kid Carbon Tax, in their entirety. Hello and welcome to Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And you won't believe this. <laughs> We've moved the microphones into yet another different position. At some fucking stage, we are going to be doing this show and I'm going to be hanging off the roof like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, trying to speak into the microphone because you'll have decided that is the best angle. I honestly... Did they not come with instructions? Was there not an instruction book that said speak into this bit with like an arrow? Maybe like they'd done a cartoon mouth. And, like, the cartoon mouth had lines coming out of it, and the lines were going into a specific part of the microphone that might demonstrate which one we were meant to talk into. You know, I actually looked for those instructions. Yeah. But I think it's, it's when they were writing the instruction book, they're like, surely every fucking idiot knows how to talk into a microphone. Yeah, well, maybe they just looked at these things and went, well, there's two sides, so they could speak into either of the one, two sides, or directly into the top. That's your only real options. We seem to have explored a lot of those options, and every week we seem to be doing something different. It's a Kama Sutra of microphone positions. But it's not really. We're just doing the same three positions <laughs> so it's, over and over again, so it's the, and not settling on whether we like any of them. So it's the married couple sex life mm. of microphone positions. Yeah, we're trying to pretend they're different, but they're not. They're the same three moves. Yeah, but I, I He think- hasn't learned anything in the last eight years, and you know what? If he had, you'd get a little bit suspicious about where he picked it up. So it is a, it is a lose-lose situation. You're the how one. your partner fucks when you get married <laughs> is how they fuck forever unless the two of you go on a journey together. So There is no independent learning that has been brought in there that hasn't been picked up somewhere they shouldn't have picked it up. <laughs> so you can't, learn, you can't learn it just off a book? No, maybe off the book. Maybe off the internet. Or maybe you go, this is something. But even oh, yeah, then, the you internet. still have to say... I was on the internet and I was looking at this thing and, you know. It sounds dodgy. Yeah, it sounds a bit dodgy, I would have thought. I guess so. Um, oh, I just burped. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that bit. Uh, I, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think I've learnt things from porn and, you know, I've had girlfriends who've learnt things from porn and have been quite happy to tell each other. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I remember because I had older sisters who had Cleo. Yeah. That's how I learnt about, you know, vagina anatomy. Because right. they would often have articles about where your G-spot is. And you know Claire's not porn, right? It was for a 12-year-old boy yeah. <laughs> in a Catholic yeah. household. Yeah, but you have realised there's other porn since then, right? You're not sitting at home with a computer looking up the Cleo and Cosmo, <laughs> the Dear Dolly letters, because you think that's actually what porn is. I probably have masturbated to like a Grey's Anatomy or something. Really? Like 11 or 12, yeah. The technical stuff got you off. Well, my, my father was a dentist, so he had a lot yeah. of medical books in the house. <laughs> my father was a dentist. So he had a lot of books that had naked people just lying around. He did as Pictures well. of vaginas he and did. stuff. He did. I mean, he in was case like, that's the only way you can do a root canal, he, through the vagina, up through the mouth, remove it. He was also a, a photographer, so we had a lot of kind of like, like nude 
you know, and that is porn for like a like a ten year old. Like you yeah. don't need a Playboy or a penthouse no. or anything like that. Like when you're ten years old, you see any boobs, you're like, this is the greatest shit. Yeah, that's right. You're excited by National Geographic. You're stuff. excited by drawings of boobs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. Not you, not in the way you are as an adult, where it's comical, but in the way you are as a kid, where you just go, "Oh, I'd like to boobs. be, I'd like to be in those." <laughs> I remember uh, there's a primary school uh, near where I grew up um, that used to have like you know bake sales or something once a month, and they'd have like a little fate in the, mm-hmm. and in the the tan bark play area, they had um, these big portraits of like Mickey Mouse, you know, Donald Duck, Bugs Bunny, like cartoon characters, but yeah. on these big kind of painted sort of um, boards. And I remember like at the age of four or five, like looking at the Mickey one and then getting a pen and drawing a huge dick <laughs> coming out of the Mickey. And as I was drawing it, this girl came up, this uh, older girl, like 10-year-old girl, and she said, oh, I'm going to dob on you. And so she um, went over and started to tell like, you know, the priest or whoever was running the bake sale that I'd drawn this dick. And I fucking went into like this hysterical fit crying and screaming like just had a tantrum and like you know my mum had to come over and you know take me away and stuff and everyone no one knew what you know what had happened where I'd been stung by a bee but it was just my desperate attempt to be not to be humiliated like <laughs> it was just I was like what am I going to do I'm going to get busted so I just went into a fucking crazy fit a lot of people don't know that but that's how Banksy gets away with most of his stuff <laughs> If the cops ever catch him defacing property, he just pretends to have a fit or that he's been stung by a bee and they let him go. That, that's been the secret of his success. Well, it's a shame you lose that as an adult. Like, I think, well, maybe some adults don't lose that. Some adults do just spaz out as a way of getting away, you know. Oh, people will cry too. Like, people, like you know, if you're at the airport. Girls get a speeding or, ticket. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. Like, they will bung it on. That, yeah, that's not just a stereotype. That is fact. Yeah. Well, why not use it if it's a if it's a if you have something that can be used? Why not use it? If if I thought I would get out of a speeding ticket because I cried, I would have no problem. I mean, I have no problem crying. Yeah, I could just have like the audio book of the Notebook in my <laughs> CD player at all times in my car, and if a cop pulled me over, I just push him play. <laughs> Hear three, four, four lines of that butter. Suddenly, I'm sobbing away. The officer lets me off with a warning. Do you think any guy has been let off for crying when a policeman's pulled him over? No, I wouldn't have thought so. What you, yeah. I reckon they'd bung on an extra couple of bucks. <laughs> you make, Most cops. You make me sick. Yeah, get out of the car. I'm going to shoot you. Get out and do 20 push-ups. <laughs> You're not a man. There are times, though, when you are tempted to cry, like as an adult. You almost cried today. I did almost cry today. Yeah. Uh, there was a tape recording I'd made of a, a trial show I did uh, for my tour and uh, it had been a really good night and like I'd improved a couple of really kind of things that felt like almost fully formed routines and, and I was pretty happy with it so that was like a couple of months ago and I've had this tape recording of this night but I decided that I wouldn't um, listen to it until I was getting towards doing my new show so that I didn't kind of go well I've got all this awesome stuff I won't you know yeah, keep yeah. exploring ideas yeah. so I went away for two months and I kept writing all this other stuff and then I've got like well I've got all this stuff and then to put the icing on the cake I've got these couple of you know cool routines that I'm going to be able to put uh, into the show and I went to play it on the tape recorder and I checked it like last week Yeah, it's been there for two months I checked it last week it was still fine I recorded something else it was all you know it was all there it was all great and the lady who cleans the, this apartment she was here today yeah so a week ago you had your routine on your digital recorder and then the day the cleaner arrives yeah it goes missing well 
do, are do, you, do you think that she's come in and she's like a real because she's a really good cleaner do you think she comes in and just her like she every week she takes some sort of like um i'm an illegal mexican living in this country you know uh legal alien revenge you know like just, well maybe she's such a thorough cleaner she just cleans the sound files off your oh head. everything gets cleaned <laughs> yeah. It's like when you come call- in, all the CDs are wiped. Everything's yeah. gone from the computer. It's, it's like calling Mr. Wolf in Pulp Fiction. She turns up in a tuxedo. It's like, if I'm short with you, Will, it's because I don't have much time. No. I love that. I love the idea. Maybe she was just pretending she didn't speak English. Yeah, that's all part of her. She just comes in and cleans things up. And if we'd had a, you know, a body of a dead hooker here or something like yeah. that, that would have been fine. Exactly. No problems. Yeah, I'll get rid of this incriminating record. Like she probably had to listen to the ta- like to my tape recorder and went. What? Why is he talking about a man being sucked off by a dog? <laughs> this is this is incomprehensible. Well, no one's going to need this bullshit. Yeah, wipe this, clean this. Either that, or you'll be at like the improv, and you'll see like a Mexican woman doing a tight twenty <laughs> <laughs> about a rugby league player and a dog, and you'll be like, oh, that "Sounds familiar." Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's my. What's the deal with the, the way Americans order in restaurants? Bit. <laughs> It'd be great if she didn't change anything about your act. She just got up and did it. And she's like, uh, as many of you know, I'm the host of the Gruen Transfer. And uh, <laughs> starts telling some Gruen anecdotes. Yeah. It's like... Because that's what I do in my shows. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what <laughs> like, quite often in my stand-up shows, I just <laughs> announce to people that I host another show and then just start telling anecdotes from the show, like a fireside chat. Uh, so as you guys uh, might know, I'm the host of the Gruen Transfer. Round of applause. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> Holds for applause. Uh, we won the AFI award for uh, best light entertainment this year. Holds for another round of applause. Are you actually saying, so? Any questions? Like people are saying, why does he keep saying holds for applause? Does he know people can hear him? <laughs> why is he saying that out aloud? I, I would just be doing. Will Anderson holds for applause. <laughs> you should say that in your show. Whenever you think there should be applause in your show, I want yeah. you to end the sentence with holds for applause. Holds for applause. <laughs> Uh, I did. I have seen somebody do the whole. I mean, I think it's a bit of an old gag, but it's a good gag um, where they come out to a room, uh, you know, where like in the room people are really just barely clapping, and they come out with the whole. No, please sit down, sit yeah. down. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's not the world's greatest joke, but it's amusing. It's fun. I like those little jokes. I always like when you're watching a talk show and. Um... Uh, you know, they're interviewing Matt Damon and, he's, and he talks about like an old film he did. Oh, you know, I was in a film called Good Will Hunting and the audience go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he gives like a quick nod to say, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. Thank you for respecting that. Yeah, thank you. I saw um, Artie Lang on Letterman or something getting interviewed and uh, he said, yeah, I was in a film with Norm Macdonald called Dirty Work and there's dead silence and he's still gone, yep, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big thing with uh, comedy, yeah, comedy in America is that um, there's a lot of sort of declarations and then people applaud. So, like, people, like, in their act will just stop down and say I'm things a black like... woman. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. I'm a single mother. Woo! Yeah. I just got divorced. Woo! I stabbed a guy three times and spent nine years in prison. Woo! Yeah. You know, and but there is, there's a lot of that and people are really... You know, supportive. You should just get out and say, I hold for applause. Woo! <laughs> is, that enough, is that a strong enough declaration? Will Anderson, I hold for applause. That's going to be your autobiography. Will Anderson holds for applause. Yeah. 
That's actually not a bad day. It is good, isn't it? Yeah. Holds for applause. Yeah. Maybe we should do a, uh, like an entertainment podcast called Holds for Applause. Holds for Applause. Yeah. Uh, my friend, uh, our friend, Justin Hamilton, has a new podcast and it's called uh, Can You Take This Photo, Please? And that comes from, it, it was his always st- standard joke that he, um, everywhere he goes, he always gets asked by people, can you take this photo, please? Because he's got a couple of mates who've like, you know, just been a bit more noticeable on the tally or whatever. Yeah. And he, he said, it, so that he said that he was going to write a book called Can You Take This Photo, Please? The Story of a Man Who Was Always There. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fun. I know when, um, uh, tell him Steve Dave, one of the Smod podcasts, when um, the first couple of episodes they talked about, you know, what they wanted to name the show. Because Brian didn't want it to be called Tell Him Steve Dave because he thought it was too closely associated with Kevin Smith and wanted, you know, didn't want to sort of be seen to riding on his coattails. And so another title he had for the show was Tales from the Coat, <laughs> which I thought was like, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. it's a play on words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> I don't know why I needed to add that. Um, for anyone that you needed to add that that was a play on words... They probably don't understand the expression play on words. Yeah. So you have not clarified it any further. <laughs> or coattails. <laughs> um, I wanted to tell you uh, about um, something. We watched uh, The Muppets the other night on MasterChef, was it? Or Top Chef Masters? Top Chef. Top Chef, right. Yep. Top Chef All Stars. Yeah. And yep. they, uh, not to be confused with Top Chef Masters. Yeah, I'm Wayne the Dark. And regular Top Chef. Top Chef. You're a real like, like chef show shunky. <laughs> Yeah, I am. My favorite, uh, my favorite ever, ever show is Top Chef. Yeah, right. And all its various ever arms. Yep, I love Top Your Chef more show, than any other program that's ever gone to air. Yeah, is Top Chef. I love it. I love it so hard. My second favorite would be Lost. There was an episode of Top Chef wow. where they fed the writers and producers of Lost. I honestly like even now thinking about that. Get it? I get a little hard. A little hard. That <laughs> I just love Top Chef so hard. I every day when there's a new episode to download, it's the first thing I download, and then I just make an excuse to find an hour to watch that show. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I I ordered recipe books the other day. Do you cook by you one of the guys that I love from Top Chef? And I don't cook. You don't cook. Yeah, it's no. weird. It's weird. You're like, yeah, you're weird. <laughs> I am weird. I watch porn and I haven't had sex like in a year or whatever. So like you know, I don't have to. You know, cook to It's you kind know, of like, enjoy. you know what it's like? You are filling your mind with everything. Like you're filling your mind with sex and cooking and all this and sport and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So you're actually not, you're creating the organic matrix. In yeah, your totally. head <laughs> is the perfect world. Yeah. And I don't have to go out of the house. And you don't have to go out of the house. I don't have to put on pants. The organic matrix. You're yeah, I know. the organic matrix. If we can just make this the thing that pays my bills. Yeah. <laughs> that would be brilliant because then I would never literally ever again have to leave my house. We could just record this at my house. You could come around to record it. I could just live at home. And just absorb information and, and never put it into practice. And just absorb information. <laughs> Which you never put into practice. To be a repository of all knowledge. Totally. That's yeah. a great idea. If we yeah. could somehow... Just say we, there's a way that we could train your brain to become like the biggest hard drive on the world, like bigger than yep. all the, the computers. Mega memory. Mega memory. Yeah, the mega memory system. And we just got everyone to deliver all it's the information eight cassettes or something. to you. We could probably get a sponsorship for that. Definitely. Mega brain. Yeah. And, and the mega brain project. And the way you pay it off is you have to sit in a glass case in a shopping center three days a week. Yeah. Just sitting there like absorbing information and people come up and ask you things and you tell them the answer. That's, that's kind of how 
you know. You, or could you, it be some sort of social experiment? Right, okay. Like, because I'm probably not going to get to be the smartest person in the world, even if I spend all of my time absorbing information at this late stage in my life. I would have had to start earlier than this okay. and be smarter, probably. Yeah. But I could do one of those Super Size Me style documentaries. You know, where someone takes on a task yeah. and tries to... So I could do a thing where, you know, because they say that, like, smoking weed, you know, makes you more, more stupid. Yeah. Right? That's, like, a, a common thing they say. You shouldn't smoke weed. It, it, it takes away your intelligence. I could do an experiment where I, like, smoked weed, but with the rest of the time when I wasn't smoking weed, I just learnt shit. And they could, like, you know, study. Yeah. If you're yeah. actually absorbing the How far I was going forward. Yeah. And, and like, you know, maybe I could get smarter than everybody, but was still smoking weed, or maybe it would like erase the things that I was learning. Did they, did they say it makes you dumber? It, I don't know it makes you dumber. It just like, it takes your motivation. No, no, they say it makes you more forgetful. Yeah. Which makes you dumber because you're not remembering things. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure like... Uh, Although, ironically, they say it's really good for Alzheimer's people. So... Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And not in some hilarious, you know, jokey, they get stoned and they forget they have Alzheimer's <laughs> way, but like in a genuine... Oh, sorry, helps. you mean the funny Alzheimer's? <laughs> yeah, like you know, that, it's not, not some sort of wacky, uh, what's with the guy who had Alzheimer's? He forgot he had it and cured himself. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> not that, like genuinely, a, uh, uh, yeah, a breakthrough in medicine. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Oh, MasterChef. Muppets. Right. Muppets. So the the Muppets were on top. Chef. Yeah, the, the Muppets. And it reminded me, I don't think I've talked about this before, but I was way... The Cookie Monster was judging Top yeah, Chef. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Cookie Monster that is a sock on a man's hand. Yeah, they did it. Was judging test. a Elmo food competition. Elmo, Cookie Monster, yep. and that other guy. And the other guy. Oh, I did not know. He's purple. He's got like a, he's got a pip-shaped head. Yeah. Purple, like a little tuft of orange hair. It was honestly like, you know when you used to watch the Travelling Wilburys? Yeah. And you yeah, recognise yeah. everyone but that one guy? Yeah, that's who it was. That's who it was. Yeah, and so the three Muppets judged the cooking competition, taste test. Yeah. How do you reckon they did that? They actually fed it to the puppeteers? Yeah, they would have fed it to the puppeteers. They didn't just have like independent three other people just come in and say, it's this one? No, puppeteers. Okay. I'm going to say puppeteers. But some of those puppets required two people to work them. Gave so, them both. And then they have to they split talked it over. Vote. And they come up with one decision. Yeah. What if they don't agree? Well, they do. They they work in tandem. Like if if two guys <laughs> who can work a puppet can work a puppet together perfect in perfect motion and perfect coordination and make it seem almost human. I'm sure they can decide. I think they can come to a fucking agreement up. about what cookie they like the best on Top Chef. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, what I was going to say was uh, I wanted to be a puppeteer mm. when I was uh, what? a kid. Uh, was this before the ghost busting or post ghost ghost busting? Okay, so, so you, I had a you put away your ghost busting dream yeah, and right. moved on to puppets. I put that on hold. I wanted to entertain Will, but I remember distinctly I had like tw- I had like twenty sock puppets, but like elaborate sock puppets, like you know Muppet style puppets. You could move their arms and all that kind of shit. And what I used to st- what I started off doing would it's I like would... the original version of Facebook. That's what you had. What do you mean? Twenty imaginary friends. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! I would, they weren't my friends. I was like, oh. I, I was using them to entertain people, and what I would oh, do. All right, so you were like Jim Rose, and they were your freak show circus, sort of, I guess. I mean, I was. More, I'd like to think I was more like Orson Welles, and mm. they were the cast of Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would do things like I'd hold concerts in the living room where I'd, I'd put on like a like thriller and then just make the puppets come up and lip sync and make my family come in and watch like the puppets lip sync 
But I remember um, I, I told my teacher, because, you know, when you're in grade three or whatever, they ask what you want to do. I said, I want to be a puppeteer. Yeah. And she thought it was such a cute idea. She said, well, why don't you bring your puppets in and we'll do it and can do a show for Aww. the kids. So my dad... Do you like, think she did actually think it was cute or do you think when you're a primary school teacher occasionally you need an opportunity to have a few laughs? Yeah. <laughs> Probably both. Yeah. So I, uh, my dad built a, uh, a puppeteer, a puppeteer studio. What do you call it? Puppet theater. Puppet theater. A puppet theater. Out of like an old fridge box, which is essentially, and cut the, you know, like a, a hole out the middle. And I went in and did this mime thing to, you know, Michael Jackson or whatever it was. And at the end, like I came out expecting to like have roses thrown upon yeah. me and stuff and be voted most popular kid in school. Totally. Turns out puppeteers aren't too popular in schools. Is that right? Yeah. I thought the other kids would have actually been impressed by that. No, they weren't at all. They thought it was kind of lame. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I didn't get it. Was everyone... it kind of lame? Or was it good, do you think? Well, if an eight-year-old came out in a fridge box yeah. and made two sock puppets lip sync to Thriller, <laughs> would you think that was impressive? <laughs> I would call Docs. <laughs> I would ask some serious questions about what was going on in his home life. <laughs> And what he was actually covering up with, by hiding in a box and using puppets to communicate. That sounds like something that they do, like, you know, sh- showing where you touched him on the doll. Like, it's, it seems like it is, there's some sort of more deep-seated you, thing there. You know, that that's the plot of the new Mel Gibson film, the one Jodie Foster's directed. Um, I think it's called Beaver. <laughs> You know about this? Uh, like I knew that he was doing a movie called Beaver. Has done it, yeah. And Jodie Foster directed it. Yeah. They're the two facts I know. Yeah. And it's about a guy who's having a like a midlife crisis or a mental breakdown. Right. And he Don't can know only... how Mel will tap into that character. <laughs> and he can only communicate with like a, a beaver puppet on his hand. <clears throat> what do you think of that film <laughs> <laughs> that you haven't seen? <laughs> like, you know what? I have a Based on that... It will either be the worst movie ever made, or and a surprise hit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If I don't think it'll be anywhere in the middle. I don't think it's going to be a surprise hit. I think it could only be like pleasantly surprising, moderate hit. I don't think. I think just because it's Mel Gibson, like it's hard. Like, you know, you don't want to like it because it's Mel Gibson, but uh, it's so weird. It might work. And Jodie Foster's kind of cool, isn't she? Well, she is cool. Still, yeah, I think so. We haven't we haven't written Jodie Foster off. No. No. Good. No, I would have thought that she still... And you, she always associated herself with reasonably quality projects. Yeah. So when you hear she's involved, you kind of go, well, that, that'd be all right. It must be hard to be friends with a massive asshole. Like, she's obviously friends with him. They've worked together yeah. you know, a lot and she quite likes him. I think she, I've even heard her come out and sort of, you know, defend him to an extent. Like, to an extent. You know. But um, it must be tough. See, he's good to the Lesos. <laughs> I mean, he calls us Lesos, <laughs> but apart from that, he's pretty good at <laughs> Uh But yeah, it must be hard to be friends with a massive asshole because like, you know, when that person isn't famous, you know, it's okay. You don't have to have to defend them. But if you're friends with someone very famous, people know you're friends, then there is an expectation that, hey, tell us what's going on with this guy. How can you like him? Oh, totally, man. I mean, we won't go into any of the details because it would be unfair to, but I have a friend who is up on some, has been charged with a a pretty serious crime, you know, if if it was to be true. And I've found that a really weird time to go through because he hasn't 
been convicted of anything and and like you don't know how to behave as a friend like you know yeah. i've reached out to him a couple of times to just say good day and see if he was going all right because you don't want to prejudge someone you yeah, never yeah. you never fucking know right yeah and but yeah like i mean that's just someone that i i i know and like and you know would never in a million years you know think anything would so i imagine if you're Mel similar. Gibson's mate and you're having great times with Mel and you've worked on a couple of movies together and you always have a great night, he's got a great sense of humour and you have some good laughs. And he's sometimes, a, he's a prankster. You know what? Sometimes they get a little bawdy, but like most of the time he's actually just, he's not trying to fuck us because we're lesbians. Yeah. So like we get on like a house on fire. Everything's cool. You know, yeah. I'm not Jewish. Yeah. And then occasionally he goes out for a drive and blames everything on the Jews and, and calls, calls people sugar tits, sugar tits and tits. tries to choke people and whatever. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Mal. But do you give them two strikes? Mal. Three strikes? Like, I mean, it just depends on the person, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. And how important they are to you and how like, much of an excuse you can give someone. I mean, like, I mean, with fucking Fritzel. Yeah. Or someone like that. And Ivan Malat. You cut, you cut them off straight away. You yeah. don't send them Christmas cards. No. You don't feel like, oh, I can talk Ivan around. Yeah. Everything will be fine. It must be hard. Have you ever seen um, Capturing the Freedmans? That no. documentary? Oh, bugger. Can't talk about it then. Why? Well, it's a massive twist documentary. I don't care. I'm never going to say it. All right. Well, for people out there, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, Capturing the Freedmans is Okay, a- we should say spoiler a bit more, though, because like, sometimes when people say spoiler, spoiler on a podcast and then just launch into yeah. the thing that they're going to talk about... I have like my iPod or whatever in my pocket, yeah. or like I'm driving in and the you car, can't get to it in and time. I actually can't get to it in time. Just yank so by the time, off. yeah, but I don't want to fucking have a car accident <laughs> just because some fuckwit on a podcast uh, decides to spoil the end of a movie. Yeah. So you're going to do that now, which is fine to me because I'm I'm never going to see this film unless I'm really intrigued by this. Yeah. So either way, it's fine that I know what the twist is. But but people out there, you've now had ample time to, to pull, pull your car out. over to get your headphones out of your And pocket. I would say, if you're looking at the time code on the podcast, mm. it's probably going to be about five minutes for me to explain this. So if okay. you're fast-forwarding right. and you're hoping to get through it, mm. then give me at least five minutes. Yeah, or just pause this right now. Stop it down. It's fine. Don't tell people to stop it. No, stop it. Because, yeah. like, you know, on your whatever your machine is, right, yeah. it'll stop at this point. Yeah. Then, you know, you go online, you illegally download the movie, <laughs> you watch it, and you get right back to us. Okay, can we go? Yes. All right, so the, the, the film is a documentary. It started off, the director wanted to make a documentary about this New York clown, this guy who did kids' parties. Mm-hmm. But then when he started to get to know the guy, he found out this much more interest, interesting story underneath. And what it was was this guy's father um, was a well-respected you know, member of the community. I think he was like a high school science teacher or mm-hmm. something. And he had three sons and a wife. They all, you know, so classic sort of middle-class family. And the father was involved in like all extracurricular, extracurricular activities, you know, sport, all this kind of stuff. And was like, you know, really well trusted by the kids. Um, he got accused of, because he would have, he would run tutor groups in his home, in his basement. And he got accused by some kids of molesting them. Mm. And uh, the police came in, they sort of very haphazardly sort of investigated the crime. And, you know, the statements were kind of all over the place. Some of the kids, like intellects were not of a you know, a high level. So mm. it was a very murky kind of conviction. And so um, they lead you down this path thinking at first that, okay, you know, this guy's being wrongfully set up. They spend like a good hour. And, you know, the the, the, the son who's, the, you know, the, the party clown is talking about, you know, how the injustice of it all. 
And then it starts to come out that it wasn't just the father, it was the son who's also molesting the kids. People are making these accusations. And they get, and you're like, well, this is ridiculous. Like, how small minded can this town be? Like, they're targeting this family for whatever reason. Yeah. And then it gets to a point where, you know, they're interviewing the lawyer who was representing the father and the son who said, like, he was so sure that it was, it was a setup and, you know, these guys weren't guilty. And then the father confesses right at the end that, yeah, he did it. It was all true. What? Yeah, and that's exactly what happens. Is that you, your sympathies are with this family for like the first hour because you're like, oh my God, like it's, it's the worst investigation. It's almost like that, um, the Mississippi Three or whatever those, you know, those three kids who listen to heavy metal, the way... The uh, Memphis. Memphis Three. Yeah. So it's like that. It's a similar kind of setup. But then they pull the rug out. The father's actually guilty. Like it was... It's so just, how, why did he confess? Um, I don't Had he know. already? Was it like one of those was, law and order double jeopardy things where he? I think he was actually he got convicted. Oh, he got convicted and convi- and confessed in jail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the bizarre thing is because it does seem like you know that's a weird twist at the end if he had no reason. Like yeah. even M Night Shyamalan <laughs> might have done the, that in. and he just like oh yeah no I did it though yeah you're not taping right now. <laughs> But it's one of those things where because we're talking about you know like why would you abandon someone yeah and the the son who the whole documentary started with the the eldest son who's the party clown was saying like even when the evidence was presented back to him that your father confessed you know he said that he did it he was just complete denial like no that's my father and then started talking about stuff that the father had done to him that was like acceptable part of like growing up like you realize the whole time that he was completely delusional or in denial, massively in denial. It's such a, an amazing film. I know I've just told... Like, no, well, that's... I mean, I find that stunning because at least it hadn't manifest itself in any way in his job and life decision to become a clown <laughs> a that entertains clown. children at parties. Yeah. There's no way that wearing a mask while you're around children has in any way been influenced by the fact that your dad fiddled with you when you were a kid. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. It's a pretty stunning film. I think it was nominated for an Oscar or something. But it's like, yeah, it's a classic case of you just don't know anyone. Like even, you know, the wife had no idea. I mean, we've talked about this in previous mm. podcasts, but, you know, that, that shit can, it can happen like right under your nose. And you either choose not to see it or, you know. Man... Like, well, that's it. Like, what Tiger Woods, like, fucked, what, a thousand people or whatever. And you, you've, you've got to either suspect something is going on or if you didn't suspect anything was going on, you just wake up one day and you're married to a fucking monster. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this dude who yesterday was playing with the kids in the backyard and teaching them golf, you're now looking at him... And you're seeing, like, you know... Dirty hookers and waitresses and... Yeah, like women that even Charlie Sheen would look at and go, yeah, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I guess it happens all the time. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everyone's in denial a little bit, aren't they? Oh, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I think the biggest mistake people make in life is thinking that everybody else has got their game together. Yeah. Because everybody is racked by fear and doubt and... And uncertainty, you know, like most of the time about everything that we do. Yeah. But we always assume for some reason... That everyone else gets it. That everybody else... Like, we're pretending, mm. you know, that, but, but we assume that we're the only ones that are pretending. Yeah. Everyone's fucking pretending. Mm. Like, everyone is fucking pretending, you know? Like, it's... But we don't realise that. 
And we don't realise that other people have problems or other people had bad things that happened to them or other people yeah. carry around bug- baggage that they yeah. shouldn't or, or whatever it is, you know? Well, I always, I always grew up thinking that my family was dysfunctional mm. and strange and different and that everyone else's family was perfect. <laughs> and then when you start to get to know people a bit better and hear about their families, you're like, wow, so what is this family ideal that we all talk about and discuss? Like, why can't gay people get married? Like, how could it be any worse than the hundreds of stories I've heard from friends of mine about bizarre fucking families? Like, not necessarily like abusive or dangerous or anything, but just weird families, you know, who don't get along or, you know, or, I just don't understand this ideal that we cherish that, you know, you know, John Howard was all always on about family values and Australian families. It's like, what, what is that? Um, I did a gig with a guy, uh, over in America. Um, and, uh, I just met him and we started chatting and he knew some Australians. And so we kind of got along well, right? His dad, he told me his dad, while his mum was pregnant, with like, so his brother had sex with his other brother's girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. So dad banged his own son's girlfriend while mum was pregnant with another son. Wow. And they are still together. And gay people can't get married. (laughs) 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 Do you know what I mean? Like that... Like, he went home for Thanksgiving. He went home to Thanksgiving to a family to sit around a table... With a father. With a father who had fucked the son's girlfriend while the fucking mum was pregnant with a kid who was sitting at that table. How does that not get brought up? Yeah. How do you get through that? I have no idea. And keep going. So, hang on. How did it happen? Like, was the... I mean, I'm assuming the fucking girlfriend was, like, into it. I've got to be honest with you, Charlie. You didn't ask I wanted more details, yeah. but I felt like it was inappropriate to push for them. I need to know how the fuck that happens. I know. It's weird. I remember I met this girl when I was backpacking through Vietnam, really attractive Danish girl, backpacker, mm. and um, she was a knockout. Looked like, you know, Anna Kornikova, that sort of, you know, just statuesque kind of Nordic beauty. <laughs> she told me this story of um, she did an exchange to the States when she was 16. Uh-huh. Classic. Tale, you know, like, you know, the, this family have an exchange student and this 16-year-old gorgeous fucking, like, uh, Danish girl turns up. And she Sounds said... Like American Pie. Well, exactly. She said that, like, um, it was... Uh, she their, their daughter had gone to Denmark and she had come there. So, basically, you know, she had a new mum and dad. And she said the father, like, immediately fell in love with her and was, like, you know, driving her everywhere that she wanted to go, like... That would be out, like she would be at a bar with like some girls from high school and the dad would turn up and be like, hey, you know, like, oh, what a shock. And she's like, you know, I had no idea you went to this bar. And, you know, offering to give her massages and stuff all the time. And she said she just managed, she managed to, she managed to kind of just like, not make an issue of it, but like not entertain it at all. Like, you know, she'd never get a massage or anything like that. And then she got this boyfriend, like a high school boyfriend, sixteen year old. Yeah. Dad tried to beat him up. Are you like, serious? Yeah, he came around for a barbecue and the and the and the kid made some kind of comment, not you know, just like whatever, just like a joke about, you know, the cooking or something like that. And the dad challenged him to a fight and they got into a wrestling stuff. Like he was losing his mind over this sixteen year old girl that was in his house. And then- fathers are wrestling teenage boys in their backyard because they want to have an affair. With their fucking Danish exchange, exchange student. student and gay people can't get married. Yeah. 
It's insane, isn't it? It is totally. She but... said, um, she said they when it was time for her to go home, the mum and dad drove her to the airport. And as she was leaving, he broke down crying, fell to his knees and was like begging her to stay. And it was like, what is the wife doing the whole time this shit God. is going on? Like, and not only that, have some self-fucking-respect, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way she was going to fuck you, dude. No way. And that doesn't... Girls aren't fond of begging. <laughs> if there's one thing that they're not attracted to, it's a guy who begs for sex. Yeah. Trust I... me! Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you just don't see a lot of women walking past homeless guys going, oh, the way he's begging is really turning me <laughs> on right now. <laughs> I wish he had a place we could go back to. <laughs> Oh man! I just don't want to be. I mean, look, you know, we're laughing about it, but what that could, you know, what if that happens to be us? You know, what if one day you see a sixteen-year-old girl and you lose your mind because, you know, like biologically, I can understand it. It's just you, you, you would assume you learn self-control as you get older and fucking. I would exercise self-control. Yeah, totally. Like you but do, it, like I do at all stages but, but in self, my life. But self-control doesn't mean you don't want to. Like you could, self-control means stopping yourself from doing what you want to do. But it's not totally. going to stop the fact that it's fucking with your head. I'm saying I don't want even the head fuck. I want to see all girls as being repulsive when I get to middle age, so I don't act like a dickhead and fall to my knees and beg a sixteen-year-old girl not to leave. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to be fine because I think I'm going to hate myself enough. See, that's the thing you've really got to do. I think if you concentrate on, you know, really not liking yourself, yeah, and thinking why would anyone ever be interested in me, and you know, I'm if you get your self esteem so low, so low, there's no way that even if like you know, some sixteen year old girl was into you that you would even entertain the thought that she could be. Yeah, that's right. So it'd be fine. It's yeah. like a safety net. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. So I just I'm not wallowing in self-pity. I'm preventing myself from becoming a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> but then some dudes get away with it, you know? Like, I mean, Simon Cowell or, you know, these kind of fucking middle-aged bachelors who always seem to be going out with, you know, David Spade, these really young girls. I mean... Yeah, but they're not going out with really young girls. No. Like, I mean, yeah, they're all, I guess, like, you know, of legal age. Well, of age yeah, of early, early, early 20s, though. Yeah. I mean, well, back in the day, I mean, my mum was pregnant with me at 20. Yeah. Like, I mean... How much old is your dad? Uh, he turns 90 this year. Um, he turns how old? No. <laughs> Fucking he's, hell, I was going to say. He's 68. Right. Uh, he was nine years older than her. Yeah, well, that's not better. Um... No, but I'm just saying that, like, you know, back in the day, 20, 21, like, you're a woman. Yeah. You know, you're an adult at that age. So, like, you know, you're an adult who's making bad decisions if you're fucking David Spade. <laughs> but you are an adult. Yeah. And it is up to you. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. It's like the, the, the St. Gilda schoolgirl. Like, that's fucking insane, isn't it? I mean, the phenomenon of, of what that girl has done to the AFL. And I it's mean, like these guys can't control themselves. And it's I, like every time someone else comes out, like there's the players, the cop, and now, well, and then there was Ricky Nixon. Yeah. Like it's insane, isn't it? Like she is trouble with a capital T. I just, like, I forgive the, or not forgive, but I, I the first person the first doesn't know. Person, yeah. Right? The first person to get bitten by a rattlesnake. Yeah. It's like, you know, it was a rattlesnake. And you know what the thing is? I'm not like trying to make judgments one way or the other no. of who was in the right or wrong. No, no. All I'm saying is... She she has proven that she can do damage. Yeah. 
Like if there was a pit in the ground yeah. and people kept falling into the pit, yeah. right? Even if it was the fault, not of the pit, but of the people who were not watching where they were going, yeah. right? I don't care who the blame is. All I'm saying is I would avoid that pit. Yeah. I would take the long way around yeah. and not get anywhere near that pit, lest I not concentrate yeah. and fall into said pit. Yeah. It's bizarre. Like, I mean, human beings, sometimes you think that we, we've evolved, but then do such stupid things. But you know what it is? I think it's guys. I, th- I mean, it makes. I mean, I look. I am surprised that these guys keep sort of like falling into the pit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like at the same time, I'm not surprised because guys are so fucking dumb when it comes to girls yeah. or sex, you know, or ego. Like, fuck, man. Like, you want to manipulate a guy? Just play to his ego. Like either his, you know, his sense of kind of machismo or or you know, sexual prowess. And they're like, go see red or say nothing. They just go fucking dumb. Oh yeah. Well, but th- that's the thing, guys will believe that, like, the flight attendant who is being paid to be nice to you actually really likes you. Yeah. Guys will go to strip clubs. Strip clubs, yeah. And, like, go, I don't know, I think she actually really, really likes me. Yeah. Like... Is there there any way to tell, like, at a strip club, if a stripper genuinely likes you? If she doesn't charge you. That's (laughs) That's what I imagine. If she gives you a dance for free, I'd imagine that means... She likes you. Oh, you know, I could never be a stripper because I find what? it hard. To, well, I find it hard to pretend to pretend to like people. Like you're an actor, Charlie. I know you could easily be a stripper. It's just acting with no clothes. Yeah, I guess. you did satisfaction. You acted with no clothes, huh? Yeah, but that's because I know I'm like the person opposite me is also an actor. Like it's, I don't. I imagine it's much more of a. Um, it's more of a manipulation. Like when you're acting, I don't think you're necessarily trying to manipulate. Like that is a thing. It's a tactic you do when you're yeah. acting, try and get status in a scene. But it's all about manipulation. It's all about having kind of like, you know, playing the same thing of flirting and, you know. But, but if you're acting, you're manipulating your audience. Good point. Like, but, you know, like the whole point of acting, that, that's what acting is. Stripping. <laughs> no, but you know, I mean, I, this is my thing. It's, cause I'll, I'll it's have, a whore's profession. I'll have mates who, who will like go... Um, I, I can't go to a strip club yeah. because I know they're just pretending. Yeah, yeah. That's, right? I'm, I'm one of those guys. Yeah. Okay. Right? Now, I, I can come up with like a range of valid reasons why you might not want to go to a strip club. But to me, that is not one of them. Why not? Well, I'm a stand-up comedian. Like, I go out on stage and... Try to. I pretend that I'm having a great time. I may well be having a great time, but like, no matter whether I am or not, I go out there and pretend this is the greatest night of my life. That I want everyone to have a really good time. I do my best job to try to please them to make sure they feel happy and feel excited, whether I on the inside am feeling it or not. Like you know, there are plenty of nights when you are feeling it, but there are other nights where you know you're just doing your job because the audience isn't working for you or whatever. But yeah, and so I. I'm like, well, as long as they're pretending and as long as I'm getting the joy of pretending, do I really... Is there people sitting there going, I wonder if he really thinks we're a great crowd. Exactly. I wonder if he really is happy to be in Adelaide. But it's a... I mean, you're talking about two levels of manipulation. A guy on stage telling jokes, talking to a group of people or someone sitting in their underpants on your lap looking you in the eye and telling you you're sexy. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's more understandable that, you know you would confuse the two. And I think when yeah. when I say that like I don't like being manipulated, what I I guess what I'm referring I guess what I'm reacting to is the fact that like guys go thinking 
But, you know, there are guys who go there and think that every stripper wants to sleep with them. Hmm. And it's like, well, I just don't want to lump myself in with those fucking dudes. It's very, it's very pretentious, isn't it? Right. So you're not judging the strippers at all. Judge, yeah, you're no. judging the other clientele. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I judge. I don't, you don't want to be part it, of a club that would have them as a member. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, that's true. That's true. Like, I kind of... That's part of the reason I don't really like going to strip clubs is I look around at the other guys and they go, what are you dirtbags doing in here looking at naked ladies? And then I get a $20 bill and sit in strip. No, but like, I don't... Oh, I, yeah, you know, I do... I do, I do know what you mean. Like, I don't, and not ne- even necessarily about strip clubs, but I have often found myself in a movie or at an event or whatever we where I am looking crowd. around going, what are you people doing here? Yeah. When I'm like, well, you're here, yeah. idiot. Who yeah. are you to judge? I used to, like, when I first moved to Sydney, I'd walk around Bondi <laughs> and I'd be like, don't you fucking people have jobs? Yeah. What do you do that you can just come down to the beach and go for a swim in the middle of the day? What the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, they're probably all actors, dude. <laughs> just like I, the you, amount you of times pathetic. I have ranted and raved like, why is there always so many people around in the middle of the day? Like, well, I was staying at a hotel uh, in LA and um, uh, called The Standard, which has a pool, which is kind of kind of popular pool just for people to come and hang out by. Yeah. And so I had a, a room that like looked out onto the pool. And so I'd get up in the morning to do some work or whatever. And there would be people there at like 8 o'clock in the morning. And they would sunbake through until 6 o'clock at night. And I was like, oh, my God. Do you not have jobs? Yeah. What are you doing? But what I'd realized was I had sat in a hotel room looking out at a pool for... <laughs> the boy in the glass tower. Eight hours. Ivory, ivory <laughs> yeah, I was there. That's right. <laughs> the boy in the ivory tower. <laughs> Uh, but could they not have been guests of the hotel? They probably were guests. No, like a lot of people just come in in the morning, set up. Wow. Yeah. That is, so and you just can hang out. So you can just go and hang out by their pool. If you're beautiful. Uh, so I, I can't go, I can't go <laughs> You can't. <laughs> They're not going to let you in. Go away, monster. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> you can get in Halloween if you convince people it was a costume. <laughs> They're pouring boiling oil from the top floor. <laughs> steady, steady, release. Um, speaking of Hollywood, uh, here's some good news for your acting career, uh, Charlie. Uh, there's an article that I found online uh, that says of the movies that are being made in 2011, that 27 of them, 27 movies, will be sequels. Yeah. 27 movies. Which is the most... The most ever. Ever, yeah. Are sequels. Do you want me to run you through some of them? And you can tell me whether you think they were... Worthy of Worthy sequel. of a sequel. Okay, go. Or if you're waiting for the sequel. Okay, go. Or if you've even seen the original okay. film. there's a lot of answers. Okay. Well, that's fine. We can right. freestyle around it. Okay. I don't think anyone's going to sit at home with a piece of paper and three boxes <laughs> next to each thing and tick them off. Okay, let's We go. can just get the gist. Hit the list. All right. Uh, nine are second movies. So nine are like the second movie sequels. Uh, Cars 2. Didn't see the first. Oh, okay. Uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid 2, Roderick Rules. Uh, the trailer looked really good and the reviews were good. So yeah, I'm for that. And it's a kid's film. So yep, yeah, I approve. right. I, I just can't imagine that a movie called Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Based on like uh, kids' books. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's not like just the worst title ever. <laughs> Diary of a Loser. <laughs> Film you don't want to see. The loser sequel. movie for losers. <laughs> Only losers would see this. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay. Um, the Hangover Part 2. Yeah, you know what? I actually I thought that was a bit overrated, the first one. I thought it was okay. I love Zach Galifianakis, yeah. but eh, I don't know. I just I hate Bradley Cooper. You know how you talk about Jennifer Garner? Yeah. He is the male Jennifer Garner. Right. Well, you would have hated the first couple of series of Alias when they were in that together. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I don't mind Jennifer Garner. Oh, that's right. But we you, you we would have hated watch- it. <laughs> <laughs> we would have been like uh, Statler and Waldorf yeah. sitting there going, This is terrible. Yeah. How terrible. Oh, I, I, I disagree, but for different reasons. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. So um, Hangover Part 2, you'll probably not be seeing that. Happy Feet 2. Yeah, Happy Feet's a fucking weird film, isn't it? It is a weird it's film. such a weird film. And I just can't there believe was, it made so much money. There was times during it where I was just like, what is this again? Yeah. What is like, it? Like, is it a musical? Is it or like, is it an animated film? Or, or? is it like a, an atheist uh, metaphor? Yeah. Because it came under fire, didn't it? As, peop- uh, as people saying, it promoted um, atheism. Because everyone in that tribe had to believe in, like, you know, this whatever. And this, because this one guy, you know, the nonconformist who could dance and not sing, it became this uh, metaphor for like, you know, you don't believe in higher powers, you believe in yourself. I think that um, there was also quite a lot of debate around that time about that uh, documentary movie, March of the Penguins. And no, this is true. I think it's an angry joke. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. And people were equating these penguin sort of parables or metaphors to like broader belief systems because the March of the Penguins, which I think had been narrated by Morgan Freeman in that one-off narrating job. (laughs) But he never does. Um, Real stretch. He... uh, um, uh, That had become a real uh, thing for the religious right because penguins mate for life. So it was meant to be this story about, like, you know, monogamy There's and no heterosexuality. That's right. Right. Yeah. Okay, so do you think the film was, like, a reaction to that? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, possibly. I don't know. Okay. But it could okay. have been. Yeah, well, I'd say, I mean, I only saw it on TV. It's not like, uh, you know, musicals and animated penguins, not my thing. Yeah. Uh, neither is it saying the word penguin correctly. Oh, did I say it? Yeah, Fuck. you did. Shit. Charlie has one of the weirdest speech impediments <laughs> of all time. And I... Look, I am not one to uh, cast aspersions because I slur, I stammer, I misuse Mumble. words all the fucking time. Yeah. So yeah, but I yeah. But you have you you speak quite well, but you have one word <laughs> that you pronounce in a way that nobody else on the planet does. My kryptonite. Yeah, you can go back and hear it because uh, now that I'm conscious of it, it's hard yeah. to do. But I always thought the word penguin. Yeah was pronounced penguin. Penguin. <laughs> and Will uh, and, and Gemma and Will and Will's girlfriend discovered this when we were away one year and we we're down at Phillip Island and I said, oh, let's go see uh, the fairy penguins. <laughs> and it was like the record scratched. Everyone in the bar turned around. And they're like, what did you just say? And I was like, penguins. Yeah. And they're like, you realise it's penguin. <laughs> and the weird thing is I had no how the word, word spelt, but in my head it was pronounced penguin. Yeah. And so now I've worked really hard to overcome my speech yeah. impediment, but when I'm not thinking, like yeah. then... It just slips out. I say penguin. Yeah, little penguin. It's so weird. I know. I don't know what... It's I, like every time you do it to it, it sounds like you have a mini stroke. <laughs> penguin. Penguin. Like <laughs> 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 powering down. Penguin. Yeah, penguin. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, weird. All right, so... Um, I'm, like okay. the, I'm like that chick who was on YouTube, the, the news reporter who could oh, speak for... Yeah, who had the, the migraine with stroke-like oh, symptoms. Oh, okay, it was not funny. No, no, no. We're, we're allowed to joke about it? We're allowed to joke about it. At the start, people thought she had a stroke. Yeah. Weren't allowed to joke about it. Yeah. Uh, then it turned out she just had a migraine that presents itself with stroke-like symptoms. But she's okay. Totally fine. She'll be fine. What a stupid bitch. Hilarious. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, all right. Uh, hoodwinked. Don't know what that is. Hoodwinked 2. It's spelled T-O-O exclamation mark. I have no idea what that hoodwinked is. Hoodwinked 2. Sounds animated. Uh, hood versus evil. Hood versus evil? Yeah. Is that like the Dave Lyons TV series has got feature length already? <laughs> no, he wasn't the hood. He was the cape. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how you can get, get the hood and the cape confused, I think Charlie. he wears a hood, doesn't he? He does, yeah. but he's called the cape. For the He also wears a cape. For the five people who have seen that show and yeah. what we're talking about, it's an awesome joke. Yeah. Um, I think that's all part of the one title now that I read back. Okay. I think it's Hoodwinked 2, Hood versus Evil. Oh, uh, yeah, because I was wondering why there was two Hood. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's right. Oh, and Hood versus Evil. That's a play on Good versus Evil. Definitely. I've just worked that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Johnny English Reborn. No, they're making a sequel? That's the Rowan Atkinson, uh, James oh, Bond spoof. Was it good? No, I don't know. It Probably not. <laughs> I can't imagine why it would be. <laughs> probably not. Well, they've made a sequel. Yeah, fucking... Well, probably made money. Yeah. All right. Ron Atkinson never quite broke, did he? Not in the USA. No. Like, Mr. Bean was pretty big, and the Mr. Bean movie yeah, was pretty I just, big. Yeah, I thought, I I thought he was going to do it. I mean, they yeah, gave him a couple of chances, and he could have been like a Ricky Gervais. Definitely. He was... I mean, he's, he's amazingly talented. Um, Kung Fu Panda 2. Yeah, of course. That made a shitload. Yeah. I've seen Jack Black down at the gym working out, obviously getting in shape. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda has the same hands as mine. Like yeah, when you watch totally. the film, look at his hands and look at the photo of mine. Oh, wow. this is a brilliant... Okay, so uh, Piranha 3D came out this year. Oh, yeah, I didn't see it. It was good. Apparently, it was a great use of 3D. Uh, mostly, they made the boobs in 3D. Yeah. So, what do you think the uh, sequel to Piranha 3D is going to be called? 3DD. Piranha 3 Double D. <laughs> That's fucking excellent. Uh, and Sherlock Holmes 2. Uh, so that's your... Yeah, uh, the Sherlock Holmes 2 has a, a name though. Uh, well, okay. That's a really lame name. I actually read about that today. Hang on. Keep going. What's, what else is there? Is it Sherlock Holmes 2, What's on TV? Or like, you know, something. What's on the table? What? It's a play Watson. on What's on. Uh, right. What's on. Sherlock Holmes 2, What's on the... That, that, shit, that sucks. Well, you said it sucked. I was trying to think of ones that sucked. I wasn't trying to think of good ones. No, no, no. Because then you would have gone, it's an awesome title. There's a, there's a new, there's a new, it's a, keep going, keep reading stuff. Okay. Uh, deeper Cut sequels will be well represented all the way up to number eight. Uh, there'll be the highest number of fourth movies ever, telling five. What? Uh, Mission Impossible, yeah. Ghost Protocol, Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean, on Stranger Tides. Yeah. Scream 4. Yeah. Spy Kids 4. Spy Kids, they're still making those. All the time in the world. Uh, the what? Twilight what? Saga Breaking Dawn. What's up with this, the, the subtitles in films these days? Is that a marketing thing? It must be. I guess so. Seems unnecessary. They, I reckon it's because they want to have the original title in the title. Yeah. So you don't want to bring out, um, uh, but even but even with the twi- you don't want to bring out like Breaking Dawn or whatever the Twilight movie's called. Um, you have to have the Twilight Saga, so people are like, oh, it's Twilight, it's a Twilight yeah. movie. Yeah, but they do it with like films that are, like GI Joe was GI Joe Rise of the Cobra, and that's yeah. the first in the series. So I mean, you must they must is it they're just planning for sequels? I, I don't know. That's a stupid name. Sherlock though. Holmes is called uh, a Game of Shadows. No. 
the speed of light. That might be about puppetry. <laughs> You'll be excited, Charlie. You'll yeah. be first in line. That's right. Robert Downey Jr. doing shadow puppets. He'd be fucking good at that. Solving crimes. <laughs> he'd be good at that. Yeah. What, because he's, he's a good actor? Yeah, because he'd be able to do shadow puppets. And voices and stuff. He probably would be good at it, actually, <laughs> to be honest. Bye, DJ. Um, all right. Uh, number five in the series. Mm. Fast Five. Yeah. That'd be the Fast and the Furious sequel, I yeah. imagine. They've had the guys who named those films have had the hardest fucking time because it was Fast and the Furious, yep. then Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, oh, that's right. Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Drift. And then what was the last one? It was just Fast Furious? And now it's the Fast Five. Yeah, the last one was Fast Furious, yeah. which is like, I'm not even trying anymore. Fast man. Furious! <laughs> what, what will people remember? <laughs> yeah, it's true. But they've mixed it up a bit. I appreciate that. Fast yeah. Five. Uh, Final Destination 5, ironically. Because you'd imagine if it was the Final Destination. It's like a never-ending story, but yeah, too. Exactly. Um, Puss in Boots. Okay. Puss in Boots. All right. Oh, that would be the Shrek cat. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I've never, never seen that Shrek cat. I think, I think in about the third movie, they killed a horse, and in the next ones, they've just been flogging that fucking horse. <laughs> Do you know how I... I loved the first couple of Shrek films, but there was just a point where I was just I, like, I, really? I hated the Shrek films. And I actually can judge the kind of woman I dislike like Shrek movies. Really? Yeah. Girls who like Shrek, I don't like. Because they all are a certain type. <laughs> and they think that that cat, when the cat does the eyes, is so cute. Ugh. You should start a Facebook group. <laughs> that is the exact sort of thing that Facebook groups were designed for. I hate chicks. I hate chicks who don't like Shrek. Oh, no, I hate Shrek. Yeah, I hate chicks who like Shrek. By Charlie, age 33. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, Pussy Boots. Uh, X-Men? Yeah. First class, although that's that's more a prequel. Yeah, that looks good. It does look good. Have you seen the trailer for that? I have seen the trailer for that. It does look good. January Jones. And Rose Byrne in the one film. Yeah. If they make out fucking Black Swan style, oh, I'll be very happy. All women in films should have to have one Black Swan scene. Yeah. Just one. I, yeah. You don't even have to put it in the film. Just put it on the Blu-ray. If that film had been that scene on loop for two hours, mm. I, I would have seen it. Never left the fucking <laughs> I would have actually gone out and seen it. But it isn't, so I haven't. Okay. Um, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. What? A sequel? Mm. Well, they're rebooting number it. F- Is it a gritty reboot? It's number five. There's been five Winnie the Pooh films? Apparently. Maybe it's an origin story. Haven't they made Of like, Winnie the Pooh. Haven't they made like zillions of Winnie the Poohs though? Like over, since, you know, the 30s and 40s? I don't know. I'm, I'm just going off you're this not, article I'm reading. You're not up on your poo. No, I'm not. I'm a little anal retention. Nah. <laughs> Although the person who's writing the article uh, says, um, I, I initially read this as X-Men First Class Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Wolverine, you've got a new partner. This is Winnie. <laughs> Wolfie and Winnie. Yeah. <laughs> and they discover a Winnie the Pooh in some sort of like, you know, below ground cage match. Yeah, spotting right. people for honey. <laughs> he's stuck in the cage. He's trying to get through the cage, but he's too fat. He gets stuck. Um, and one, uh, we've got two seventh movies. Yeah. Uh, the Muppets. Oh, yeah, right. There's a new Muppets film. Fuck, I'll definitely go see that. And uh, 
Rise of the Apes, which is the, oh, the, Planet, the Planet of the, of the Apes, Apes reboot. Reboot. Which is a prequel again, I think. Rise of the Apes. It's yeah, it's like a Yeah, it's a prequel. That's it's right. a prequel. It's about how the monkeys took over. Yeah. Fuck Brave Director to go near that since the Tim Burton one. Yeah. Uh and one mighty eighth entry, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows oh my God. part two. I don't are you into Potter at all? Uh no. Have no. You, have you read any of the books or anything? No. Have you seen the films? No. None. No. Okay. I think I've seen half of the first one. Yeah. And maybe like snippets. They all seem to be the same film. I mean, I, 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 look, I've listened to um, uh, them talk about it on Smodcast. That's pretty funny. And I like have picked up things like Quidditch and yeah. Dumbledore and like, you know. Forget a kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hermione. Like I, I kind of feel like I could bluff my way through yeah. knowing what Harry Potter is. Yeah. You know, and the, and the movies are always called things like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is I, I, Harry Potter and the festering penis, or the <laughs> dungeon of shame, or the cardboard box of puppets. I can't. I um kind of think I don't know. Fantasy is just not like that, and Lord of the Rings because they're kind of. We just said they're both fantasy. Yeah, wizards and toadstools and witches and magic and shit. That's never really grabbed me. Did you ever ever read like Enid Blyton, like the Magic Faraway yes, Tree? Magic Faraway Tree is like yeah. one of my favorite books for yeah. being a kid. It's just I love. The- so you're awesome for moonface people living up a tree. Yeah. Just not people going on long walks to fucking throw rings in oceans. Yeah, I mean, having said that, I did like the Narnia books, and I guess they're kind of fantasy as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, like I take that back. I just don't like Lord of the Rings mm. or the other one, Harry Potter. No, I, 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 well, I was never a big Lord of the Rings fan. No. Um, did you read all the books, though? No. Because they're grueling. Yeah. No, and I don't like gruel. Um, I gave him a crack though, because because yeah. I don't mind fantasy writing. Like I like Terry Pratchett. Like I like the comedy stuff. I love Douglas Adams. Yeah, and uh, I like Jasper Ford, and um, I really like a guy called David Eddings who wrote like you know Lord of the Rings esque sort of stories. Mm. Um, but I just I, I never really got into Lord of the Rings, and I didn't really like the films. I didn't like the films. Not really. Yeah, a bit too long for me. They they are long. That made me like it more because I could sort of. Visual, well, obviously, visualize. I had visualized for me because yeah. uh, that, that was the thing about the Lord of the Rings is you know, he'd go into such minute detail about describing like forests, like nine pages describing yeah. the, the leaves on the trees. It's like, get to the fucking dragon. action, mate. Yeah, like, can we see some fireballs or some shit? And exactly. Elven. Get some fucking stuff. weird dude with a fucking ring calling it his precious. Get to the fucking battle scene. Yeah. Don't tell me about the fucking jungle, mate. <laughs> Can't see the fucking forest with the trees. <laughs> fucking Tolkien. Yeah, what did he know? Yeah, you're not getting paid by the fucking word. Who's laughing now, Tolkien? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's wind it up. All right. Boom, I've decided to own it. Yeah. It's going to be our son. Might as well. And, and much like the third Lord of the Rings film, we can start to finish. Yeah. People think it's going to finish, but then, no, no. Oh, we're gonna, right, now minutes. we're going to plug the fucking website It'll, and tell you about Twitter. We just start singing in Elven, yeah. you know, like Vigo at the end of the film. is in his crowd. And then just the sound of us, like, rowing off in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, check out uh, uh, tofop.com uh, for all your Tofop needs. It's linked to our Twitter and our Facebook and all those things. Uh, if you find anything funny in the show... Uh, there's a, a Twitter site called Tofop Quotes where you can put up the quotes and, um, you know, it is like finding a needle in a haystack. I understand that. Yeah. But, you know, those rare moments, that little speck of gold. When you stop vomiting enough. Yeah. 
<laughs> to write it down and post it on the internet, uh, we can read it back and go, oh, that was the funny bit, and not have to listen to the whole episode. <laughs> it's very handy. I really appreciate it. And how's the, and how's the show going? Oh, yeah, I'm uh, on tour with my Man vs. Will uh, show, so come out and, and see it. That would, be, that would be fun. And I promise that if I say you're the best crowd that I've ever had, I mean that. And it's not just some horrible stripper moment where I'm pretending to like you. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Welcome to Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Why do we do it, Will? Why do we do what? Drink during the day. Oh, yes, right. Sorry. Yeah. There were so many questions that that could have been like relating to why do we do it. Yeah. That was like a really deeply philosophical way to start <laughs> very, a podcast. Very philosophical for a very, very simple equation. Yeah, why do we do it? Mid-strength beer Yeah. in the middle of the it day. Doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Why is there mid-strength beer? Uh, to lessen <sighs> incidents of violence, I'm guessing. Right, but like, I mean, we went to a Sydney Swans game. Mm. What's the violence going to be? That somebody mistook a macchiato for a piccolo. That's all right. You might get a uh, California roll on the back of the head. It's like <laughs> they serve sushi at the footy. They're a strange crowd like that AFL crowd in Sydney, aren't they? Like, yep. I mean, they really came to life when the Swans got up. Yeah. But like before that, it was almost like being in a library. <laughs> you know, I actually felt uncomfortable about making too much It was noise. like the football was in the way. Yeah. It was like the football was in the way of the gathering that the people were having. They serve Krispy Kreme donuts in boxes. Yeah. At the football, at the SCG. That seems weird, isn't it? Is that is that say that cultural imperialism has won, that the Americans have won? If they're serving Krispy Kremes instead of the traditional jam ball donuts. Are jam ball donuts Australian? Donut. Are they jam ball donuts Australian? Well, Do the rest of the world have jam ball donuts? No, but I think... Inter- are jam ball donuts like an inherently Aussie snack? Oh, that's a good question, actually. I don't know. Like when you go to like, you know, the baseball at Madison Square. Oh, no, where do you go to that? At like um, uh, Wrigley, Wrigley Field. Field. Yeah. Can you get a jam donut? When you go to the basketball at Madison Square Garden, can you get a jammy donut? Yeah, I don't know. I thought... I just associate it with uh, two things. South Melbourne Market. No, uh, Victoria Market in Melbourne and yeah. the football. But I don't even know if they do hot jam donuts at the football now, do they? I don't know. This is my first football game I've been to in a year today. But, like, I, I guess Melbourne, though, definitely, like, your hot jam donut is more your, your cold weather snack. Mm. You know what I mean? It's got that, like, you know, like, the jam donut in itself is an incredibly impractical snack because, you know, there was always that fear of, like, do you bite straight into the jam donut? Yeah, get the lava. And, like, it could be really fucking hot and ruin the whole donut experience. Or do you, like, kind of edge around the outside of the jam donut before uh, you... Yeah, I edge around it. I save it for last and then have an overload of sugar at the end. Yeah, right. <laughs> And it is. That's what it's like. Yeah. It's just like hot, wet sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like some fat uh, surrounding some hot, wet sugar? Because there's no actual strawberries in strawberry. That kind of strawberry jam is there. That's just like red sugar paste. I assume it's invented in a factory. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I mean? Is, like yeah. it's something that like it's just full of numbers. Like it is hot numbers. Would you like some fat covering some hot numbers? It's like the opening credits of Breaking Bad. Yeah. That's actually the ingredients for a hot jam donut. Hot jam donut. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's like, it's a very, I mean, I guess it's a snack that just makes you think about the planet, yeah, jam donut, because it's much like a metaphor for the very planet on which we exist, mm. you know, like, yeah, it's the, the hot, core. hot molten core, you know, full of uh, people's souls. 
Is that, is that where hell is? No, is hell in the middle of the planet? Yeah, it's under, where is hell? It's the underworld. Yeah, it's the underworld, right? But I don't think it's a phys- I don't think it's physically under the ground. Just like heaven is. I mean, heaven's, but heaven's, heaven's like, in the sky. Heaven's in the sky, isn't it? Well, I guess angels have kind wings. Kind of. Angels have wings, so it must yeah, be. It must be in the sky. That's yeah. why angels need wings. Yeah. If it wasn't in the sky, they'd just get on buses. You know what I mean? So I guess that that means that like hell, need, like the, so is our whole planet filled with people who masturbated? Like in the molten centre. Yeah. And that's <laughs> the, why it's the, so the jam, hot. The jam <laughs> How would, if, if the day of reckoning came, right, and so, you know, God comes down and says, all right, we're wrapping this up, um, we're going to take the good people to heaven, the bad people to hell, and he asks you to take the bus, <laughs> the bus to heaven. What does that say? That says you're a good person, but you're not one of the... You're not getting wings. No, you're not getting wings. You're not, you're not getting to fly with an angel. Is there a blue bus to heaven? Because uh, you're on that bus, Charlie. Yeah, you're on that one. Line up, Charlie. <laughs> Do you have a ticket? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most humiliating thing. Charlie's there on the bus to heaven trying to fish around for change. Uh, I, I had to catch a bus the other day. I hate If I have to go into the city, I'll always take public transport because trying to find a park in the city is like one of my great... I can't afford like the Sydney city parking and trying to find like Man, a park. Like the other day in the city of Sydney, it cost me $69. Like, don't, go, don't get me wrong. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, ha, ah, 69 <laughs> yeah, <almost> <laughs> yeah, To myself, I went, ah. I bet that's why they made it 69 just so blokes don't complain quite as much. <laughs> and um, $69 for two hours of parking. I have honestly in my life lived in flats where that was my rent for a week. Yeah. Why well, I paid for fucking parking to yeah. put my car in for two hours. That's insane. So I'll, I'll take the bus, but... I worked out probably the most humiliating thing you can do is run for a bus. What do you mean? There is nothing that just sort of, it's just an awkward, because you don't want, there'll be another one in 15 minutes. It's not like it's the only bus. Yeah. But when you do that, it's it's when you get caught between bus stops and you do that half like, oh, you know, I don't want to look like an idiot, but you get that half shuffle on, but you're also trying to get your change out and your ticket out or whatever, just to, so you're not going to hold up the bus at one last second. But it's just, I don't know. I find it to be, I don't know if my it's ego like, is such that make, I'd rather be late for an appointment than run for a bus. Right. Or, you, or basically what you're saying is, look, I understand that if I'm catching the bus, I probably don't have anything that important to go to <laughs> that I need to rush for. So this is, I pretended like I'm in a rush or something. Yeah, but clearly right. if I was important and had important things to do, I wouldn't be catching the bus. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, so, it's a self-defeating. You, you'll see through my charade. Yeah. I think my next And time, it's the middle of the day. I'm running for a bus in the middle of the day. What I should do next time is when the bus is coming is just actually take the opposite approach and just mm. slow down to a saunter and yeah. maybe just like light, light a cigarette. I don't need it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need this bus. There's another one coming in 15 minutes and I've got nothing that is that it's important not like the doll, It's not like the doll office is going that far away. Yeah, mate. Unless it's Wednesday and it shuts at one, today <laughs> is fine. <laughs> so we went out to the footy today and we were talking about um, uh, coaching of football. And uh, in the Aussie rules, and we were just talking about the difference between young coaches and yeah. old experienced coaches and, you know, whether good players make good coaches. And I think this is, yeah, true, uh, not just for uh, football, but in life, sometimes the best teachers are not the people who are naturally gifted themselves. Yeah. So, like, when it came to football, I don't think, that, like, a lot of the coaches in the football were, like, back pocket players. They were the, like, for people who don't follow Australian rules football, they were the real workman-like, yeah. you know, players in the team. And I think they make good coaches because they actually 
have to know how shit works. Yeah. Because they're not actually that talented. Yeah, because if you're an awesome footballer, you just expect that everyone was born with those yeah. skills. You just go like, hey guys, um, when the ball goes down our end, why don't you jump over the top of everybody, <laughs> take the best mark of all time and then kick it over your head for a goal. Yeah. That's what I used to do. Yeah. It's just like, do that. It's like it's like Superman saying, giving Batman crime fighting techniques. Yeah. And he's like, when the criminal, he got him cornered in the alleyway, just use your heat vision. Uh, I don't, uh, hey Superman, I don't have heat vision. Oh, well, that's fine. We'll just use your- I just got uh, this bat mask. Use your super breath and freeze him. And, I don't uh, have a super breath. <laughs> I'm I'm just a man dressed as a bat. Oh, we'll just grab him and fly into the atmosphere and choke him out. I can't fly. I've got a series of contraptions <laughs> that I've made with my butler Alfred in in a dungeon. But um, I'm sorry, I'd actually can't, I can't you, fly. You know what Batman is in the Justice League? He's the uh, he's the guy who didn't have the marks to get into that course at uni. Yeah. But his parents are really rich. Yeah. And so he was able to either like pay like a tutor or someone to get him in. But he actually he's got all the best gear. Yeah, he's got the best computer. Yeah, he's got the best suit. And they'll always have meetings at his place because he's got the best pad. He's got, oh, he's got an awesome pad. Yeah, yeah. No, one, no one wants to go to the, the Arctic Circle to go to the Fortress of Solitude. It's cold. If nothing else, and yeah, you, you have to get Superman to fly you there, <laughs> like the Batcave. And then he has to fucking, Bruce's house. He has to pick you can up go that, there on the bus. That big key. Like how impractical is that giant key that Superman has to use? Yeah. To open the fortress of solitude. Totally impractical. And when you've got friends coming to stay, when you're like, when Superman's overseas or something, yeah. does he leave that under like a pot plant somewhere? <laughs> it's like, guys. It's a giant pot giant, plant. There's a giant pot plant. <laughs> the giant key. Like, you have to call Superman and say, yeah, we found the key. Problem is, uh, we can't move the giant pot yeah. plant to get to the giant key. Yeah. Hey, Superman, does he have a cat? Does he need someone <laughs> to check in on the super cat? <laughs> While he's away? I mean, um, do you keep stuff at the fortress, fortress of solitude? I don't know, does he have trophies? Batman has trophies. What, like, does he have books and stuff? Like, I mean, if you're out there being, you know, solitude. all by yourself, maybe you want a book? Or I always, does I he have DVDs or no, I always some knickknacks? I always thought the idea of the Fortress of Solitude mm. is uh, inherent in the title. Yeah. <laughs> is that he goes, it's like a sensory deprivation tank. Right. He just goes there to uh, trip without the aids of chemicals. So it would defeat the purpose if he had stuff there, is what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Cause that's, I mean, food? Does he have food there? He doesn't have to eat. We, but he we... does eat, doesn't he? Though, like he does eat. I oh, say so when he goes to Fortress of Solitude, it's like Ramadan. He doesn't. Have, he doesn't have to eat. It's about so. him getting more in touch with his like. You well, know. It's, it's normally when he's uh, got to talk to his dad or something. Yeah. It's like he goes to one of those cafes, those internet cafes where you buy like a twenty dollar card. <laughs> so you can, like, when you're in Thailand, you can call your folks back <laughs> yeah, home. That's, so. that's and that's what the Fortress Fortress. But, but like, but he doesn't have drinks or like yeah, just for his own. And like after he's talked to dad, and he's like, "Fuck, I can oh, do God, a beer." That, oh, that, Considering that my father actually died yeah. like years and years ago in a distant yeah, planet, I'm actually talking planet. to pre DVDs. Do you know what would really help me out right now? A toasted sandwich. <laughs> like, does he not have that? Well, I don't think he needs to have it there because he can get it in a millisecond. He can just like... It's still got to be impractical. It's still got to be more like practical to have stuff there than it is to have to fly around the world and like, you know, get a toasted sandwich and then fly back, even if you have super space. But you've seen the second Superman movie where... Uh, you know, Lois finds out that he's Superman, so yeah. he takes her back to Fortress Solitude, and she's like, "Oh, you know, what he says? What do you feel like tonight?" She's like, "Oh, pasta." So he flies to like Italy and gets yeah. a bowl of pasta, and flies to Brazil and picks some fruit and stuff. That's impressive, but you don't have to do that every time. I suppose it's only because you had a chick there. Yeah, <laughs> you, you always make that extra effort. It's like you know, it's like when you have a chick over, you will like eat on plates, <laughs> but <laughs> and not over the sink, not over the sink, out of the thing you prepared it in. <laughs> so. Superman's got to be like that as well. Yeah. I mean, Superman, I can imagine, with the saucepan, like maybe he'd use his heat vision, like, you know, he'd just, but he'd get some beans in a saucepan and he'd, like, heat vision them and then, like, he'd eat them out of the saucepan. <laughs> you just see him, like, wiping his mouth with his cape, just sitting yeah. on a couch, like... <laughs> 
feet up. He's got a pair of red Ugg boots that he puts on when he gets the Fortress of Solitude. Feet up on a cushion, just like sitting there, just dabbing, eating it out of the can, and then dabbing his mouth with his cape. I imagine it's just like his man cave. And that's why he's telling Lois. He's yeah. like, oh, I've got to go to the Fortress of Solitude. I've got to get a message from my father. But then he just gets up there and it's like... Yeah, it's just like he's got a bar fridge next yeah, to the couch. Totally. Fox sports on. Why does he always have to go and visit the Fortress of Solitude during test match cricket season? <laughs> <laughs> For five days in a row? That seems unusual. Oh, well, he's got to talk to his dead dad <laughs> through time and space. I don't know, how did that work, the, 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 the thing with him talking to his dad? So... Jor, hang on, he's, he's Kal El. Yeah, and Jor El was his Jor El's his dad. So Jor El, uh, knowing that his son was, because he knew a bit about Earth, because he knew the yellow sun would make his son yeah, this strong. So he said, I'm going to just pre record a bunch of stuff that yeah. this guy's going to need to know yeah. on every single topic imaginable. Yeah. yeah. Is that the way it works? Or is yeah. it some kind of alien technology where it's intuitive and it can detect his questions and there's some AI going on? Uh, look, I think that's probably the second one. It's probably true. But I like to think that the, the other one, that Jor El like- was just. Massively, like I like it's like to think it's like that Vodafone lady earring up, oh, yeah. and they've just clearly recorded a lot of things. And you, if you put, they just jam all the letters together, yeah. and so occasionally, Jor-El did you would... say kryptonite? <laughs> <laughs> would have been great if some of those moving speeches were done more in that sort of broken that's yeah. been recorded together. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> well, Cal, yeah, <laughs> you have come to planet Earth. Or it was not even like he didn't get to do it all himself. It's like one of those ones where he just had to record his own name into it. Oh, yeah. So it's like a computer talking. Yeah. Hello, jor <laughs> Welcome to the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> do you still have friends who have wacky voicemail messages? Yeah. I had a friend who used to change it like every month, like every time you called in. Yeah, me too. Wacky message. Yeah, but then Twitter came along. Yeah. Like that's yeah. basically what, you know, that that's for now. Yeah. Um, but I... Uh, I, 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 mine's always short because I always think there's, everyone knows what it is, you know, everyone knows what to do. You don't have to tell them what to do, but there's nothing you can really say that is like, yeah, you know, it's like that. Um, I mean, I can't be honest. Hi, this is Will. My phone's probably right next to me yeah. and I haven't picked it up. I haven't even turned it over to see who it is. And chances are, I'm probably not going to get back to you until I feel like I'm going to run into you again and then be like, oh fuck, I better get back to them because <laughs> then it'll be awkward when I run into them. Beep. <laughs> There's a fucking dude I knew at uni who um, he thought he was Ethan Hawke from Reality Bites. Oh. Like he was that slacker yeah. kind of anti-hero. And his voicemail message was along the lines of um, something like, hey, we've called Nick. Beep's coming. Beep. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm sure when he listened to his voicemail yeah. back, there's just a lot of like painful groans from people just going, oh. You are such a dick. <laughs> Why is that your voicemail message? He, he probably thought it was awesome. He probably thought he was like... Well, I think it's based on... I think Ethan Hawke's one in Related Bites is something along the lines of, you know, hey, you know, time for the beep or some shit like that. It's like, oh, how very fucking self-referential and self-aware, Ethan Hawke. I hated that character in Reality Bites. I oh, was he like a poet or a musician or something? Yeah, shit? I, I really sympathised with him. Of course, and then his dad died, and he—I he, I honestly had that same beady. I always thing. see that. That says a lot about us because I more sympathised with the Ben Stiller. Ben character. Stiller, really? I was like, he's such a fucking nice guy, and he's just trying to do the right. He's thing. He's just trying to do the right he thing. He's a real go getter. Yeah, he doesn't get it. He just doesn't get. It. He doesn't understand why she likes this indie fucking dropout dude. Because yeah. I reckon that was he's, me. He's got a job. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He doesn't understand why she would hang out with such a selfish loser. <laughs> yeah. Good looking, mysterious, enigmatic, selfish loser. 
No, no, I just, I, I mean, I don't know if the way it was marketing it, but I remember very at the time feeling like, oh, they're trying to sell us Generation X. Yeah, like that's what trying. it was. That was. But do you think the film actually, or do you think that was the marketing? Because I've heard Ben Stiller talk about that film afterwards saying, oh, we were, un in the same way Nirvana say, hey, we didn't intend to be, you know, the spokespeople for a generation. Yeah. I've heard Ben Stiller come and say, oh, that sort of became known as like the Generation X film, but we... We're just trying to make a romantic comedy, like an indie romantic comedy. Yeah, no, totally. And that's why I think it wasn't as cynical as, you know, they weren't trying to, you know, we're going to define Generation X. Yeah. It was written by a young woman, like based on her, it was her first time script. Oh, who was that? And I can't remember what her name was, but she wrote it like basically about her and her friends. And yeah, that right. was so literally autobiographical. Yeah, and that was the story of the time, you mm. know, and of course it had that, you know, yeah, romantic, I'm going to go for the, the loser who writes poems who doesn't have yeah. a real job. Because she was a young female scriptwriter. Yeah. What sort of guy is she going to go for? Yeah, yeah. Some suit? Yeah, yeah. Or some, like, romantic guy that she's come up with in her head who, like, you know, reads her poems all day and, yeah. like, she thinks that'll be really romantic. It wouldn't. It'd be fucking annoying. Yeah. You'd be like, can you make me a cup of tea? You'd be like, shall I compare your tea to a... Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just make me some tea. Have you ever read Wuthering Heights? Ah, oh, at school. Yeah, so you know, like, Heathcliff is, like, one of the earliest archetypes of the brooding, you know, mm. anti-hero love interest. And I've I also followed most of it from the Kate Bush song, <laughs> Wuthering Heights. Yeah. I picked up most of the plot from that as well. I remember reading that at uni, and I was studying lit, and I was probably, like, one of only two guys in that class. And I remember we were reading it, and we had a discussion about it, and um, they're like, so what are your impressions of Heathcliff? And I'm like, this fucking guy, <laughs> this unreliable, like... Uh, uh, violent, yeah. misogynistic, you know, monosyllabic. He's just an idiot. I, I mean, I can't understand why any girl would be attracted to him. And then cut to every other woman in the room is just like, oh, Heathcliff. <laughs> like he's so passionate. And I'm like, but he's a prick. Do you do you not see that? Like something happens to girls. I, I think they grow out of it in their mid to late twenties, yeah. where they that is an attractive quality. Like the more, the the worse they treat you, it's like I've got to get to the hardest problem. I can save this one. Like it's. You know, I mean, there's he's some deep. kind of genetic. He's clearly deep. They're not. If though. he's got all this like anger and you know, he's deep, Charlie. Yeah. That's why he doesn't say anything <laughs> and hates me. Yeah. He's deep. And once I discover that, once I discover the red hot jam inside, inside his, his donut, warm donut of a heart. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't. I've never. I mean, I, I've, I've never been a brooding guy, so that's why I don't identify. I like Batman, though. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, that kind of brooding I can understand. Well, that makes sense. He's fighting crime. Yeah. You know? What are you fighting when you're Heathcliff? I don't know. What did Heathcliff do? I can't even remember what he did. Uh, what was his uh, job? I think, oh, look, I could be guessing, but maybe Real he estate? was... No, no, but I think maybe he wasn't from, like, one of the rich families. He yeah. was kind of, like, either from a, a lower class status or maybe he was a worker or something like that. But he just he just seemed to cross the moors, stand on the moors and brood. I'm pretty right. sure. So he was like an early Batman. Yeah, in the same way Batman stands <laughs> on the rooftops. Fuck, man. We're going to sound like idiots. If anyone has actually read Wuthering Heights and wants to give us like a, a If anyone has read Wuthering Heights and is also listening to this podcast, you've got to look at the choices you've made <laughs> since you read Wuthering Heights. Yeah. At that stage, your life was on track. Things were going really well for you. Your parents were very proud of you. You were a sort of person who's read Wuthering Heights. And now you're listening to this. What happened? Is it drugs? If it's drugs, tell somebody. <laughs> uh, tell us. And well, you got them. Yeah. How much they are. Private message. <laughs> we can take care of that shit. Did you, did you study, uh, when you were doing journalism, did you do any like 
um, electives like that, like literature or photography or art or anything like that? No, I did. Um, all my electives were politics. I did politics and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I did literature in eleven year eleven and twelve. Um, so we kind of, you know, studied famous, famous shit that was boring, <laughs> famous boring shit. Did anything ever, did anything repeal, appeal to you? Anything really get your imagination? No, oh, you know what? No, no. Um, uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Like that was. You the, read that at school? Yeah. That's pretty subversive. Yeah. I think, um, we read the. Isn't that one of the band texts? Oh no, it was J.D. Salinger was a band. Yeah. Yeah. Although I read Catcher in the Rye at, at school yeah, as well. Same. Um, uh. So I, I read Fear and Loathing and uh, something else when I was at high school. And that was kind of that first time. That was actually kind of vaguely why I thought that I wanted to be a journalist because I enjoyed that style of... Gonzo. Gonzo, which is, I mean, it's actually very comic. What, what came first, Gonzo journalism or the puppet Gonzo? Gonzo. <laughs> I really don't know. Let's add this to the list of <laughs> what came first, <laughs> the diaphragm or the human diaphragm. The and puppet or the term gonzo? The puppet or the term This one's closer. I actually don't know of the two. No, was yeah, the yeah. puppet named after this Gon- style of journalism? Well, gonzo, How long has Gonzo well, the puppet been around for? What, since the 70s, maybe? I'm pretty sure gonzo journalism is like, a, what, what do you say when you take two words and like like Tomcat for Tom and Katie? Right. So it was, Gonzo is like... It was two two celebrities who were married to each other? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gon the fruiterer <laughs> and Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> gonzo. Zoe Deschanel, Zoe Deschanel. Fuck. There we go. We got it. Hey, drink, everyone, for anyone who's like, the Zoe Deschanel, the new Adam Sandler of Tofop. That wasn't even a conscious decision. Uh, what else? What else? So, what are we talking about? Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, you said yeah. You read him. So, Hunter S. Thompson uh, was. Um, I, I fell in the ro- in love with the romance of that. I thought it was really good, mm. and I also like was like, oh man, taking drugs seems really fun. Might have a crack at that. That's I'm surprised they let you read that at school. Oh, I mean, I guess they let you read heaps of stuff at school. You I'm know? just trying to think if there was anything I read that like had. No, I mean we read mostly the classics, but I think yeah, Catching the Rye or what's that one? Uh, the Outsider is that the yeah Albert Camus? Yeah, the it's yeah. the ex- ex- existentialist one where he kills the Moroccan guy. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, um, the, races there's a there's a Cure song called Killing an Arab. That's which right. is based on the 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 book. Yeah, when I was tutoring uh, year eleven and year twelve English. Charlie, something you might not know about me that I used no. to tutor. Sounds like a John Candy sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I used to tutor for these. Um, these... No, no, it's Charles in Charge, actually. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, it must be some sitcom. There actually was one about a tutor. Charles in Charge, yeah, of course. It wasn't like Charles in Charge. No, you didn't end up like dating one of the daughters. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have a wacky friend yeah. who was Willie Ames. He turned into a fucking a Jesus freak. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he and Kurt Cameron. Both uh, fundamentalist Christians now. Oh, wow. That's where, all the, cool, where all the cool people are. Willie Ames actually has a character that he plays in like, you know, uh, promotional videos called Bible Man. I'm pretty sure this is true. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm inventing it. No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the human internet is yeah. bringing it. I'm pretty sure Willie Ames, yeah, he's like a Christian who plays. He's like a superhero, Bible Man? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he acts anymore. I think he just works for the church. Yeah. And, but he does these kind of promotional videos as Bible Man. I assume you'll get to play Bible Man in the. Gritty reboot, reboot, reboot of, yeah. uh, of Bible yeah, Man. Yeah, Bible Man, Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you'd call it. <laughs> he must have Pharisees. <laughs> can we trust him? <laughs> Judith, can we trust him? <laughs> Second commandment, don't mess with Bible Man. <laughs> Why is there that need? Like, 
Every uh, time people try and market to kids, like if it's a Commonwealth Bank or whatever, they yeah. always like they always try to invent a superhero. Like, hey, it's like savings, man. Yeah. It's like I don't, that that's the laziest kind of marketing to kids. That the fact that just because a, a kid sees someone in a cape, they're immediately going to go, oh, awesome, great. Oh, it's superhero. Yeah, yeah, I guess I there are some some things that don't. Well, because you know, like just because you call him someone, man, like Couch Man, yeah. you know, or fucking like, Couch Man. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Pretty good. <laughs> 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 oh, Charlie's been a, a standing around for ages and is a little bit weary. <laughs> Looks like a job for Couch Man. <laughs> By the power of Couch Skull, <laughs> transforms into a yeah, couch. I think that'd be right. I love Couch Man. Um, uh, it's always, uh, the, uh, there was a game when we were growing up called the Ungame. Did you ever play the Ungame? Un, no. It was like a Christian version of Monopoly. Why? Why? I don't know, because like, I think it was because you were meant to, it was all about sharing. Oh, rather, so rather it wasn't about buying, buying other people's houses right. and kicking them out. It was more about, we've all got a house. Let's sit in the house and eat Jesus. And let's make the gay kid sit on his own. Tell him he's wrong. We can put him in this mind adjustment camp <laughs> yeah. that you have bought. Well, so what was it? You just moved pieces around a puzzle. And yeah, yeah, no, and you had to answer. You, oh, that's right. I remember you, the questions were from the Bible, I think. But you didn't. Well, you weren't raised religious, though. No, but my nana was religious, so I think it was probably a, a nana gift. Yeah, she was right. like, "Oh, I don't want you playing all those rude games like Scrabble." Yeah, or Operation with or nude, operation. nude men. <laughs> you can see straight to that guy's funny bone. <laughs> yeah, so she bought us the ungame. To play. It was horrible. Why was it un? Is that UN? Yeah. It was not the UN game. It was... <laughs> oh, maybe it was. Maybe United it was... Nations. It was a game. The UN game. <laughs> Imagine uh, if the whole time I was playing it, it really was about the UN. And I, and I just couldn't understand it because I thought it was called the UN game. It'd be great to see Angela Lee Jolie like, get a citation and she goes, I'm so proud to be honoured by the UN. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's the only one uh, that we had. But yeah, no, the superheroes, um, I guess, like Savings Man and all that sort of thing, they do. It, it's when they try to be educational. But there was Captain Planet. Yeah, Captain Planet was kind of educational. Apparently, right? they said, I mean, it was just online that uh, they're making a feature film version of that. They're making a Captain Planet movie. Yeah, I can't think of anything that's more kind of late 80s, early 90s than Captain Planet. Like it, the look of that cartoon and the concept behind it, you know, it was back. You know, when the environmental cause first became really, really trendy. Can't imagine how you would apply Captain Planet to this day and age. Captain Carbon Tax. Yeah. <laughs> that's a sidekick. Imagine that's how desperate the government will get. Kid, when kid they, Carbon they, Tax would be. Captain Planet and Kid Carbon Tax. tax. <laughs> imagine if Julia Gillard went into the Australian Parliament and said, Look, I know yeah. things I know things haven't been going well. I know. They're not taking to it as well as I'd hoped. Yeah, I was really hoping this would be popular with the electorate. It turns out I'm probably going to lose my job. One last roll of the dice. <laughs> Kid carbon tax. <laughs> you might as well that would be genius. Like, wouldn't you? Like, wouldn't you talk about that tomorrow? If like the she prime minister the of the dice. country just It'd be rolled great, the dice. It'd be great if she like she looked around the cabinet. And she's like, Rad, it's got to be you to put on the costume. <laughs> It's a fuck you. You take my job and now you're making me dress up as Kid Carbon Tax. If you can't tell me if tomorrow the Prime Minister of Australia made the former Prime Minister of Australia dress up as Kid Carbon Tax and paraded him around the country, that wouldn't get her a couple of extra votes. Yeah, it would. Definitely. Definitely. Like, if you were Prime Minister and, like, she, like, so imagine you're in charge of the country, right? And, oh. like, and, and now, and shit's gone bad. Yeah. Like, it looks like you're going to lose your job. 
Yeah. So really, you've got nothing left to lose. What do you do? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, so, so is an election coming up, or am I going to get deposed because it's up I'm to you, man? So bad. Oh no, you, well, you're probably you're either going to lose. I'm, the get, I'm getting chased out with pitchforks. It's that bad. <laughs> They're going to keep you until the election because they've already changed leaders once, like in Australia, so they can't afford to do it again. Yeah. But there's no way you're going to win the election, and right. you've got like six more months. What do you do in that time? Um, make it illegal for any girl to turn me down for sex <laughs> for six months. So you've got, you got six months as Prime Minister of Australia and you've used it to Have outlaw sex. yourself as a sexual predator. <laughs> I don't know. It's sexual predator, man. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's the way I sell it. <laughs> Say hello to kids, sexual predator. Oh, no, that's terrible. That doesn't work at all. That's, that doesn't work at all. <laughs> Keep him away from the carbon tax kid. <laughs> you know how sometimes you go to the football and the two mascots will fight? Oh my God. Like, the sexual predator and kid carbon tax. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. um, so, I, that, I would, I what like, would you do? I, I don't know. What would you do? <laughs> it's too much of it. I've had a long day. I've been right. drinking since one. I can't make decisions that would either. So are you saying like irrever- an irreversible decision that could determine where Australia goes? I'm just now? asking. No, well, that's if what you, what you that's if what you want to do with your time. But you can do anything. I'd be tempted just to fuck off overseas and meet some like important people. Uh, do you know what I mean? I've got six months left as being prime minister. That well, opens some cool doors overseas. I go to some major sporting yeah, events. I guess you got to look at your. I go and cheer for Australia. Like I would run through the banner with Australia at yeah. the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, you, you look at the perks. You look at all the, yeah. the travel you get, the accommodation you get. You just live it up for a bit. Yeah, just turn the phone off, <laughs> guys. You don't realize Australia's been invaded. Oh, I'm oh, gonna go around to it. I've got I've got tickets to see. Uh, Did you see me at Wimbledon? That new South Park show. Those guys on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Book of Mormon? Can't come back. Now. That would be great if you just went, like you just started randomly. Like, where's where's the prime minister? Uh, he's uh, taken off overseas. Uh, used his parliamentary credit card to buy scalpers front row tickets to the Book, <laughs> Book of, Mormon. of Mormon. It's really tough. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, really like, enjoyed it though. You're expecting to wait six months to be out of office by then. That's right. That's amazing. Those fucking South Park. I know we've talked about them before. Mm. Like, I just have such. I mean, they are amazing. Like, what they have done. I mean, it's not enough that they've dominated, like, television for, like, 10 years. Hey, let's just write possibly, like, you know, one of the, the best-reviewed musicals. It's insane, isn't it? Like, you know... Just, just switch. Like, people work their whole lives to get a musical up, you know? People who studied musical theatre and stuff. These guys are like, ah, oh, we'll just take on a break of our, like, award-winning... TV shows are running for 10 years that we write and direct every single episode and do the voices for One them. a week. Yeah. They do one a week themselves. Yeah. We've got time to do a, a award-winning musical. It's like, Fuck those guys. Fuck those They've guys. too much talent. They basically do that yeah. thing of going, hey, um, I know we're really good at um, you know, drawing a cartoon and making that every week and it being really successful. Why don't we make a whole feature-length film with puppets? Oh, yeah. Oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. All right, done that. Good. Yeah. Um, so what else should we do while we're making this... Uh, yeah, award-winning TV show every single week. Write a Broadway musical, do that. Have it reviewed excellently by everybody in the world. Sell out for All six right. months in advance. Yep, tick. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Like they're, I just, I, I, can't, I mean, I, I tell people I reckon South Park has gotten better. 
like that show. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's, the Simpsons probably got like really good round about thirteenth season, fourteenth yep. season, and then sure. sort of you know yeah. just been idling since. Probably got a bit worse, but they have just gotten better. I mean, the last three seasons have been so good, and it feels like the world is giving them more material to work with as well. You know what I mean? Like when they started, their jokes were a bit more general. But now they specifically will go after particular trends or, or celebrities. Like, it's so topical. It's great. It's, they're, t- they're amazing. They must be those guys who just sit there waiting for people to fuck up and go, oh, thank fuck. But they, that's what, I mean, how do you reckon? You went to see them talk, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, that's must how they must run their writer's room. Is like they must have four or five topics ready to go any one stage. I mean, I'm sure that they do write episodes like within that time frame, but they must have a thousand but there'd be things that they, in the water. There'd be things that they are, um, you know... Uh, willing to, uh, they'll, they'll want to tackle. You know, yeah, you'd be sitting there going, we want to do an episode about Mormons or yeah. we want to do an episode about, you know, the Virgin Mary or whatever oh, but that's the is. other thing about the, to go back to the musical, they've made a musical about Mormons. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like they took a, a, a famous movie and then said, oh, let's turn that into no. a musical. They made a musical about Mormons About the Book of Mormon. That doesn't, from what I've read, Offend actually make Mormons. fun of Mormons. Like, how and the yet it's hilarious. do they do that? It's impossible. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> Fuck you, Matt and Trey. Yeah. I mean, you can't hold it against them, though, can you? I mean, I know Sean Penn does. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to hold it against them. But... Um, I, well, I, I may have told this story on the podcast before, but when I went and saw them uh, talk, my favourite thing was that they said that uh, censorship was what actually helped them come up with their most creative things. Mm. So, like... Um, they said there was two stories they told, which I, I really enjoyed. The first one was that the name of the South Park movie, which was what bigger, bigger longer, longer on cut, cut. Yeah, they got that through the censors because the censors just didn't get the joke until the posters had already been printed, and then the censors have rung up like three months later and gone, "Hang on, <laughs> you can't call your movie that." And they're like, uh, "We've got posters." Uh, <laughs> the second thing was that the the famous episode, the, the Tom Cruise, um, yeah. you know, in the closet. They wanted to do an episode about Tom Cruise being gay. And the lawyers are like, no, no, we can't do an episode about Tom Cruise being gay. Really? We'll is, is, to, is Tom Cruise litigious when it comes to his Yeah, sexuality? really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, we're, get, we're getting some kind of summons tomorrow. Yeah, when I said Tom Cruise about Tom Cruise being gay, that fictional scenario they wanted to create. Yes. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so the lawyers said, you can't, you can't do that. We're going to get sued by Tom Cruise. And I said, oh, well... Um, can we say that Tom Cruise, you just, you'll just be talking about being in a closet? And they said, no, no, he's going to sue. And they said, what if we just put him in a closet? And they're like, that's fine. And so they often said that the, 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 the creativity, the pressure of the censorship actually led to them making a decision that was a much funnier decision than what they'd originally wanted to do in the first place. Did you ever watch um, Drop the Dead Donkey? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Drop, yeah. Drop, dead, not, not drop the, the Dead Donkey. Not Drop Dead Donkey. Drop, no. not, not drop Dead to, Donkey? Drop Dead, like an insult to a donkey. <laughs> no. Drop Dead Donkey. <laughs> You're confusing it with Drop Dead Fred. The, <laughs> yeah, uh, the other British <laughs> yeah. classic. Um, but that, because they, that was the same thing, wasn't it? Where they would work like a week and they would just work with a topical. Yes. But if anyone didn't see I uh, drop the dead donkey <laughs> because it was a bit of a cult hit at the best of times. I love was it, it really? Yeah. Drop the dead donkey oh, I, was. I it yeah. Was no. Oh, or maybe in England. Yeah. Right. But, um, no, it was really kind of niche in Australia, okay. but it was great. Uh, I'd highly recommend people check it out. But no, that was definitely a show because it was set in a newsroom. Yeah. And that was a show where they definitely kind of scripted out the interpersonal relationships 
like you know as a normal series but then they would just put topical news items and stuff and you know into them them reading the news at the end or they'd occasionally run a storyline through an episode but mm. you could tell that it was kind of more About, icing on the cake yeah. rather than yeah good show though yeah I, it's funny they did an episode of um blue healers just before i joined it was a live one that for the first time in i don't know what 20 years when did they used to do live drama in australia probably what in the 60s and 70s i guess so Jesus Christ, it must have been bad watching TV back then. Like, you know, I've worked with a lot of actors and directors and stuff. You can't get it right the first time. Can you fucking imagine, like, how how much how many mistakes you would have seen? Or would it be the opposite? Because you couldn't make mistakes. You have to get then, it right. You wouldn't see mistakes. Yeah, no. The other way around. Plus, you know what? Back in those days, they were just so fucking excited to be watching a television. <laughs> you know what I mean, like that was still there a are people talking on this screen in front of me i know like 10 years from now people look back at us saying you know what there was a time where people were just happy to watch 3d no matter how shit it was yeah and all of it was shit you know and then eventually people will go maybe we should use this technology for good yeah not just for uh, impressive hammer in the face <laughs> yeah totally i went and saw um, captain america last week and yep. that was i kind of feel with the three you know with like underbelly that first underbelly worked really well and so they just took almost exactly the same sort of beats and structure and put it into the second and third yep. underbelly where it's like, okay, so tits here, gunfight here, funny bit here, ironic use of music here. I kind of feel with 3D, especially with these superhero films that come out, I'm getting kind of the, 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 it's the same 3D effect. Like all the worlds are starting to look kind of the same because the, the way they sort of are structuring the 3D. Do you know what I mean? Like you know that when it's Thor or Captain America, there's gonna, in the fight scenes, you're going to get fucking shit whizzing at your head. And it's not like a great way. Like the reason I'm watching a movie about guys fighting is because I don't like fighting. <laughs> I don't want to be in the fight. fight. Yeah. <laughs> but when you know you see these comic book films, and it's just I'm getting this like 3D overload now. It's like you don't. I don't need to see that the bush is like you know four feet closer than the stairs and you know, behind it. It's just, yeah. I've seen a bush. Yeah. I know what bushes look like. <laughs> I'm happy for this just to be a representation of a bush. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not into it at all, 3D. But I, did, did you like Captain America in general? Did you like? Are you a Captain yeah. American fan? Uh, Captain no, America fan? Well, the only Captain America I know is the Mark Miller Ultimates one, mm. and it pretty much was that storyline, wasn't it? They yeah. kind of yeah. So yeah, uh, it's all right. I I, just, I think that Chris Evans actually made me like, made me like it more than I would. I thought he was really good. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, although I saw him on um, uh, Jimmy Fallon, and he was a douche. Really? I like a proper know. douche. And that's he actually sure he the... wasn't just like, you know, playing it up. Playing a douche? Cause, well, no, because he's done it a couple of times, like with, you know, another team movie and Scott Pilgrim, that's his kind of... No, I think that's what he's really like. Yeah. And those two performances have been documentaries. He yeah. was like a real jock. Firstly, he was wearing a skin-tight shirt with a tie. Like, have you ever seen somebody do that? Like, like what Alex Perry wears. Right. <laughs> you know, like where it's a skin-tight, like, business shirt, yeah. but then like a tie... So it's like the shirt's been painted on and then you've just got a, like a tie. Like you're a stripper. He looked like a stripper. <laughs> yeah, right. He went on dressed as a stripper and then he was all like cocky and like um, just really frat boy. He looked well, like a real frat boy. just fucking had like a $100 million movie open that got quite well reviewed. And to be honest, if I looked like him, I probably wouldn't even own a shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's yeah. like, paint something on, I'll wear a tie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought it was all right. I just thought that I, I'm, it's the same thing with the 3D and these superhero films. I'm starting to find... Because especially they always are doing the origin now. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same third act. Like every time, and it's normally about like there's a father issue or a father figure that goes missing somewhere around the end of the first act, and then you know he finds he gains his powers, and they're always so surprised by their powers and blah blah blah. 
And then the last thing is always a special effects fest. And I just, I mean, I thought the design of it looked really great and everything, but I guess I wasn't enough of a fan to really care about what, I mean, I know we won the war. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you weren't sitting there going, fuck, oh, I wonder I how this will work out. Like it didn't, it didn't have me from that, but it was okay, I guess. I just think, I mean, I've seen that new Spider-Man, that they're revisiting the origin story for Spider-Man. Yeah. It's like, I think we get it. Like, we get it now, don't we? Yeah. Bitten by a you spider. got bit by a spider. I mean, the original Spider-Man film <laughs> is, what, 12, 12 years old, and we need to remind people. Like, I think we fucking remember. It's like, guys, have you forgotten that a boy got bitten <laughs> by a spider? Let's make another movie about it. Yeah. I mean, do, but do you think... Do you think that they're doing that because some people need to be brought up to speed? Do you think there's anyone out there who is not aware? Like anyone who would go see that film who's not aware that Sp Spider-Man got bitten by a spider? No, but I think that Spider-Man, actually his arc as a character isn't that long. Because, you know, he's really just a teenage boy who fights crime. Right. Like for most of the journey, right? So if you're going to make a few movies, which is what they always want to do, it's not like they're just going to make one Spider-Man movie. They'll want to make a bunch of them. Yeah. Like I heard that Chris Evans had signed on for seven Captain Americas. He, what they're doing is three Captain Americas yeah. and three Avengers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which is still a fucking shitload of films. Yeah. Be doing them till I honestly thought that he was doing, I was like, are they really going to do seven Captain Americas? It's going to be like Captain America, Mission to Moscow. Like, yeah. That seems like too many. But it's weird what you're seeing happen now with the, I mean, Marvel being really smart with the way they're kind of building this universe because yeah. it's like, they're, what they're essentially doing is building like the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Like Star Trek got those first couple of series up and then they said, oh, cool. Well, you know, we've established the rules and, so we can now start like, I mean, I don't know how well the, all those Voyages and Deep Space Nines did, but they seem to be coming up with new Star Trek shit all the time. Like that's what Marvel, it feels like Marvel's doing. Yeah, and they don't all need to work as well as each other. No, you because can just, you can have your You Thor. can just make a bunch of what, like Iron Man movies. Yeah, and then, that'll pay for your punishes. Yeah. <laughs> but, they're, but they're smart. I mean, they're way ahead of DC in that regard. Like DC only have Batman. Yeah. You know, and that's about to come to an end. Like, if they, the great now that Green Lantern tank, like, who else have they got coming up? They got Superman, the remake. Yeah. Which... And, and, and the third Batman, which is going to be the final one. Well, they, they'll, they'll just have to reboot Batman you in like two years. Do you reckon they'll do his origin story again? They must. Yeah, but really campy. I'd like to see it done like the Adam West, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, they never really talked about it in the 66 series, did they? That, like, the brutal slaying of his no, parents? No, it was a bit more... It was more... just kind of given that it's yeah. just, like, you know, ne'er-do-well playboy. Yeah. And now I'm just an old guy in an yeah. ill-fitting bat suit. <laughs> With a young ward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you reckon they could introduce a Robin to the Nolan universe, or would that just not make sense? Yeah, I think so, in a different way, like in a... Like he'd be, what would he be, some fucking... He'd be, he'd be a hacker. Uh, you know, he's on like anonymous or something like that, and Batman catches him mid crime or something and comes to recruit him. Yeah, or just like you know, someone you, else. You, you can have him a circus performer though, like the actual Dick Grayson was, because he goes to the circus now. Uh, so, well, it'd be like uh, it could be like Cirque du Soleil. So like mm. Bruce Wayne could be at some big like fucking fancy Cirque du Soleil and find like you know the you know like the. Do you reckon the, Do you reckon he would go there? Like, just say for some reason he's on a date. Just no, just say for some reason it's in Christopher Nolan's contract that he yeah. has to include Robin. Robin. Yeah. But he can choose whichever no, so that but it has to be the Cirque du Soleil. They've done some kind of cross promotional deal. Yep. <laughs> you reckon he would do it? Because I, I couldn't see it. I can't see. Like he the whole thing about the Nolan universe is it's like real. You know, yeah. this is the way it would happen. Cirque du Soleil is real. Yeah, I know, but I don't think a Cirque du Soleil gymnast is gonna become like a crime fighter overnight. Well, maybe not overnight. 
It could be a montage. Won't happen overnight, but it will happen. <laughs> it will happen. But I'm, I'm imagining he has all these like great acrobatic skills. He's like a um, no. You know what he'd be? He's if like he one of those guys who does parkour. How about he's a oh yeah okay that I'll give you that parkour yeah. or mixed martial arts. Yeah, he's like he's like an actual martial artist or something because there yeah. is a kind of you know you could, he's a Brazilian jiu jitsu. Or, yeah, or totally. Like that. Yeah, that's yeah. how he'd do it. Yeah, and who would play Robin? Ryan Gosling. Oh, Ryan Gosling would be great. Too old. He's too close in age. Let's let's say that he can't be older than twenty two. Does he have to be young? Yeah, yeah, he's got to be young. Otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, you've got two Batman running around. Yeah, but one of them um, is a circus performer. <laughs> 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 one, one of them can swallow knives and shit. Um, uh, okay, so it's got to be someone young. Yeah, what actor would like a, a, a Zac Efron? Cool someone. young. It can't be Zac Efron. Well, Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, it would be something like that. If, imagine if hell. Christopher Nolan came out and said, look, guys, <laughs> some people are a bit suspicious about Heath Ledger as the Joker. <laughs> I've got a surprise for you. <laughs> Justin Bieber is Robin. <laughs> now, do you reckon there'd be a, a, a bigger outcry for that than there was for Michael Keaton? Because that was the equivalent of saying Michael Keaton was going to be Batman back in 88 would have been the equivalent of saying Justin Bieber would be Robin because Michael Keaton was Beetlejuice. Mr. Mum, and he's going to be Batman. You think that's a bigger casting shock than if Christopher Nolan cast Justin Bieber as Robin? Well, not that Christopher, if you take the director out of the equation, I'd right. say the idea that Justin Bieber is going to be Robin would, be, would have been just as shocking as Michael Keaton's going to be Batman. Michael Keaton being Batman would be the equivalent of them saying, I don't know, like, not Kevin James, but, you know, like, one of those Adam Sandler kind of guys is going to be... You know, he was like a middle, mid-range kind of comedic actor. He wasn't... Zach Galifianakis is Batman. Oh, I suppose you could say like Bradley Cooper would be Batman. Brad, Bradley Cooper could be Batman. But he's not really a comedic actor. He's so smarmy. <laughs> he's so smarmy. He just radiates. But you know what? I've seen him interviewed and he seems like a nice enough guy, but he just radiates that douche. Yeah. Quality. Why is that? Because he's good looking and talented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cocky. Seems like he has sex with heaps of women. Lump, lump him in with Matt Trey. Fuck yeah. you. Fuck <laughs> Matt Trey and Brad Lee. This, is, this has not been a very positive <laughs> podcast tonight, Charlie. No, my... Maybe it's because we've been drinking all day, but there seems to have been a lot of bitterness. No, I'm not bitter. When I say fuck you, that's actually an ultimate sign of respect for me. <laughs> so if I meet you out there and I say fuck you, I mean, I mean fuck you as in I wish I was you. Yeah. Fuck you for being so talented. Right. Motherfucker. So you're saying you like to fuck yourself. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Fuck you because I wish I was you. Yes. Yeah. How, how did you talk me around? Yeah, yes. Yes. What was what you fuck said? You. you said fuck I wanna you. I want to be you, so fuck you. I want to be you, so fuck you. So what you're saying is you'd like to fuck yourself. Yeah. But if I was then, then I wouldn't be saying fuck you, so I wouldn't fuck myself. But no, but you're... <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was, um, someone sent me a tweet about Back to the Future the other day. Oh, yeah. Day, okay. And I know that we very rarely talk about time travel. But do you reckon... As soon as we're talking about movies and stuff, uh-huh. like the central, con- like the central conflict of Back to the Future is: Will Marty flirt with his mother in order to preserve his future? Right, like he goes back in time. He's got to get his mum and dad together. So he's got to yes. set up this thing where he's cracking onto his mum. His dad comes saves the day. So the central premise is: Would you potentially fuck your mother to save your future? That's no, like when you that's really- not the premise. Well. Because it could happen. Obviously, Lorraine. No, because Marty. he's not ever going to seduce her. No, but he gets in the car and he has to fall around with her. Yeah. Well, okay. Molest your mother. Would you? Molest Would you molest, molest your, your mother, mother to save your future? To save your future. Now that was the original tagline. But that, no. <laughs> this is a thing, though. But I was thinking, fuck, that's such so subversive and that's so cool. Yeah. That was a PG-rated movie. Yeah. 
Could you imagine the same storyline happening in like a PG film, like a high school musical rated film now? Do you reckon that seems so fucking dark? Well, I, but I don't think it was ever writ large that that was what the movie was about. But even as the subtext, I mean, I, I, like a doc never sat Marty down and go, Marty, you have to molest. You might your have mom. to molest your mother. <laughs> Wait, you saying she's got hearts from me? <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand under a bra and then follow me for the changes. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to touch a flux capacitor. Uh, I just, because I can't think, I mean, maybe I don't watch kids' movies that much, but it just kind of feels like when we were younger, the themes were a bit darker. Like, that was a, I don't know. It's that, like a hidden theme, though. Is it, though? Because, it I, I mean, I remember being a kid and watching that and, like, being incredibly uncomfortable and being aware that he shouldn't be, like, sitting in the front seat with his mum and, you yeah, know, but that's just comic. showing and... It's pretty dark. He's already though. sucked on those boobs. Like literally has already sucked on those boobs. Yeah, right. So it's not weird. <laughs> it's not weird. Like he has later, when she's older than she is now, he's sucked on those boobs. So if you said to someone that like I get that if it's you had to convince me to do it. <laughs> I get that it's gross to suck on someone's boobs. When you're a kid, you suck on your mum's boobs, that's fine, right? Yeah. And then you're not allowed to do it. Later on, yeah, when she's older, right? At least until after you're 14. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to do it yeah. anymore, right? But technically, these are her her boobs are pre when he's already fed on them. So, so ergo, it's fine. <laughs> Why is it fine? It's fine because they're pre boob. He's already sucked on those boobs later than he would so in that movie. Long, so Marty could have said, "Okay, Doc, I'll do it." Yeah. But the only thing I'm going to do is lay my lips on her breast yeah. because I've like, already done that. I've already done that. And I've so already done that. The damage has been done. Yeah. I don't want to. Do- <laughs> I'm doing nothing that I haven't already uh, do. That- I haven't already done in the future. <laughs> a deleted scene. We see Marty take a swig from the whiskey bottle and say, "I'm going to have to do something right now. It's not going to make much sense to you." And that's when later she actually realizes that that guy who looks like her son that she met in the past <laughs> was indeed her son. Was when the son breast latches the onto the breast. She's, she's like, like, "This is so familiar." <laughs> Got the strangest feeling of deja vu. <laughs> you know when um, uh, Luke and Leia kissed in Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Do you reckon that um, George Lucas knew that he was going to reveal them as being brother and sister when he wrote that? Yeah. You do. You reckon yeah. you did? Yeah. I don't know. Why would you leave that in? It's so weird. Because it's weird. Because it serves the story Well, properly. it really does. It's misdirection. That's what I like about it is that, like, if you know, he told the story the way we were, you know, we were learning about it ourselves. You know, I think that whole reveal of, like, that and the reveal of Darth Vader in that movie is actually really well done. Oh, yeah. It's like, like do you the, mean? It's like, one it's, of the most famous reveals in cinematic yeah. history. Oh, yeah, of course. But but it literally, I think these days you think of Star Wars and you don't actually think, you know, they did some really fucking cool stuff in Star Wars. And I think that's one of the greatest things they did was that storytelling early on, it genuinely, you didn't sit there and go, oh, yeah, okay, I knew that the whole time. Like, you know, back in those days. And, mm. and part of that was, I think, that he made him pash. Because you're like, well, he's not going to make a brother and sister pash. Gross. It's just so fucking icky. Like, if you go back and watch that scene now with the knowledge you have, it's like, yeah. And isn't there meant to be some kind of chemical in all of us that stops us being attracted to, like, our siblings? Isn't there? No. Like, there isn't. I thought there was some kind of genetic thing that made you, or is it, it's just environmental? Well, I, I, I'm not attracted to my brother or sister, <laughs> but I have um, 
seen things on TV and stuff about you know people who were separated at you know birth and and they find each then other they find each other love. and they fall in love and then they realise that they're like you know brother and sister and shit. Yeah, no, I know. Well, maybe it is all. In, I just could have sworn I, I heard something that there is some. <laughs> Can a, you imagine if it had hadn't worked out the way it did in Star Wars? And instead of saving the universe, Luke and Leia ended up on some fucking... Having a one-eyed kid <laughs> On some TV show. I married my sister. Uh, do, you, do you reckon... All I wanted to do was go to Hitachi Station and get some power converters. And then I married my sister. What station? Wasn't it Hitachi Station? Touchy what station, was it? Touchy no, Station? No, no. Touchy Station? Touchy Station. What was it? Touchy Station. <laughs> I want to go to the Touchy Station. <laughs> It was a it was a glory hole that he often frequented. <laughs> <laughs> and well, Luke, he had to pay for that 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 fucking glider somehow. Exactly, and so he would go into town, um, use the force to. <laughs> <laughs> Guys would literally say, uh, as he was sucking them off, they'd be like, "The force is strong in him." <laughs> <laughs> when they're done, like, may the force be with you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so he would do that. Um, <laughs> d- true deleted scenes uh. wow we've managed to get on to Star Wars Bakaki who would have thought it um, we um, should wind it up it's okay. uh, it's been a long day what time did we start so one o'clock because you are the people who are listening this is going to be the freshest tofop yeah. you over here because I am literally and yet it feels st- quite stale <laughs> yeah. I'm literally going to be cutting this and putting it up like straight away so yeah. if you download it um, you know, let's see. So it's almost ten thirty on a Sunday night. This yep. will be up in the next couple of hours. You're going to get some fresh, hot, piping hot tofu in your ears. Yeah, it's like going past the bakery first thing in the morning. It's like, mm, I smell time travel. <laughs> uh, so yes, it's been a long day. We went out to the footy, which we had to get the train, and then uh, we drank a lot of beer and watched football, mm. and then. We, um, I came back in and did an interview and you came home for a while and <laughs> I did a show and we went to dinner. We've really spoken to each other too much today. That's yeah. the problem with this podcast. It's amazing. We got this is the, out of it. Yeah, this is the last There was bit. a couple of times today where we purposely stopped talking about subjects uh, that we thought would make good That sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we just sat in absolute silence for two hours at the football. <laughs> just starting conversations like, do you reckon Superman ever... <laughs> Save that one. Uh, you got shows to promote? Uh, yeah, I'm on at the Sydney Comedy Store and then um, uh, Perth and uh, some regional dates, willanderson.com.au for details. Um, uh, the girls who do the uh, Tofop um, quotes Tumblr, Tumblr page, page. Yeah, wanted a plug. So um, uh, if you uh, want to check out Tumblr, Tofop quotes there or Tofop quotes um, on uh, Twitter. And uh, we have a, 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 t- a t- Twitter address now. Yeah, that's right. Tweetfop. Yeah. Um, we haven't really tweeted much no it's well because here's the thing when we set up the facebook account yeah. it was hooked up to my direct twitter account so yeah. we're not up there an episode will to his credit <laughs> did not you abuse that position knowing that he could log because he's an yeah. administrator of the facebook page. i could just log on and whatever i run on the facebook <laughs> page it tweet. would come up as charlie's personal tweet yeah it's amazing he didn't abuse it once i like thought about it a couple of times i mean i had my my face i've had my facebook status update sabotaged so many times last night in fact by your girlfriend yeah the fact that you resisted is amazing in this day and age. I was trying to save it for a special occasion. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when, like, I don't know, there was some, like, some really horrible thing that happened in, like, society. And I make some joke about it. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, not even that. I'm like, I'm the one who put the bomb on that girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> for me. Hilarious. All right. So uh, we'll be back next week. Um, Charlie Clawson. Will Anderson. 
This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.